everybody, and welcome back to Bond by Numbers. We have got a super show set up for you today. We've got with us Chris Wood, Bond on Vinyl. He's been here before. He's back today to talk to you and to us about David Arnold's music for The World Is Not Enough. Chris, thank you very much for joining us. No, thanks for having me back. That's uh, super, super. Josh, Jeff, you. you guys doing well? Yeah, we're doing pretty. Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have no complaints. This at is the, the best part of my week so far. Uh, so nothing, <laughs> nothing against my dog and my girlfriend, but this, I'm a, I've been very <laughs> excited about this. Um, Good. So yeah, one hundred percent. There is nothing better than this this week. Okay, so. oh, that's okay. better. Okay. Right, that's better. I think for all three of us, Josh, Jeff, and myself, this this is definitely the highlight of the week because we're welcoming back a friend to the show and a man who doesn't really need much introduction in the Bond community. He's uh, out there and yes. very well known and celebrated. Uh, Chris, you have been a busy man with respect to yeah. Bond events and uh, you know changes at work and home. And um, just fill us in, man. Fill the listeners yeah, in as well on, on things absolutely. that have been going on. Well, I've, I've changed jobs. So at the minute I'm training to be a, a, a surveyor. So for anyone that doesn't know what that is, it's sort of, you just, you, you look over, over houses and check they're not falling down for the person that's buying it, in a nutshell. <laughs> An important job. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's a, a safety thing. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm studying for that at the moment. Got a few months to do left. So just, just chipping away at that. But the, um, yeah, the Bond event was a nice sort of a respite from that, really. We went to uh, London with the um the guys from James Bond Radio and did the mm. little Docklands tour. Mm. So um it was and and what's lovely about it is anyone can go. Yeah. So, you know, there's no there's no um exclusive club. Mm-hmm. If you if you they post the events publicly. We just went along. It was the first time we we didn't know any of the guys. We just went along and and had a little had a good had good fun. But basically they curate uh, created a two-day trip and basically first day you walked uh, along the Thames and and sort of saw parts of the the, the boat chase and had photos. Oh, you know where yeah. they were doing the um, the clamping mm-hmm. and, he, yep. and he sort of whizzes around. And, yeah, so we had photos there, and then you go and see the film. So we went to the Prince Charles Theatre, and I think it was it, right. This is where I'm going to completely you know uh, fall apart here. But we can is it fact 32 check. millimeter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we yeah. can edit it too. Yeah, it was a cool little thing for them to do to put it on cool. film. Okay, you know what right. I mean? Yep, yep. Um, I think the the projectionist was wrestling with it a little bit. It was going out of focus at, at, in certain oh. parts and things. But okay. but it was but it was. I think that added. That, to the I was going to say, did that add flavor yeah. to it? It it kind of did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It did, and it had all the you know the flickers and, oh, and all go. the little you know cool. Whatever the film school word for the flick you is, were expecting they were all to present. have like something come up saying like, let's all go to the lobby and grab ourselves a snack. It, exactly that. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool. So we like we had seen some of the some of the sort of sights of the of the boat chase. We saw the film, and then the next day we did like a walking tour, mm-hmm. um, where we went to see those areas a little bit sort of more sort of up close, and then we walked up the Millennium Dome. So that's wow. how we finished that, it off. That's really, really awesome. cool. You yeah. walked up it. You didn't fall from a balloon and roll all the way down and, spr- and break <laughs> Unfortunately your not. No, no. I, did. <laughs> I don't know what It was a health safety thing. They wouldn't let me do it. <laughs> <But yeah. laughs> really? How long does that take? take? Do you know what? Not Sorry. long. They, they no? say it's going to take about 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we must have been we must have been decent walking. I was going to say, about falling would take a lot less time, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and do you do you need to um, like be part of an organized group before you do that, or is it like every day at from certain times they they allow for that sort of that exactly sort of excursion? That. It's okay. every half really hour. Cool. 
Oh. It's called, they've called it up at the O2. And basically okay. you just, you go in and then they'll say, oh, we've got one o'clock left and we've got three slots or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then basically you just, you harness up. And if you imagine the, the I call it the dome, but the O2 is, it's obviously dome shape. <laughs> and it's yeah. uh, across the top of it is like a rubber walkway. And what okay, you do is good. you strap yourself onto a bungee mm-hmm. so that you can't fall off. Yeah. And then just, and you just slowly walk over the dome and you think, awesome. or I naively thought maybe it'd be quite a, a nice incline, <laughs> but it's not. It's, it, it is actually really steep when you get on the Very dome. Steep. You almost, yeah, it yeah. looks steep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. But it was really cool. And, and to be fair, the, the tour guide that we had that was taking us up there was um, showing us sort of lovely little things that, you know, some things in the London skyline that perhaps you wouldn't see if you went on mm. the dome. He go. showed mm-hmm. us where the, the, the stunt man fell. You know the actual oh, cool. area where they oh, got yeah. that fit, yeah, yeah. The balloon, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, "This is where it was." Wow. Um, so that was pretty cool. It was, you know what? It was just lovely. And to be fair to, um, I think it was Darren, Darren Noble, who organised mm-hmm. the event. And I think he's just sort of in the background at JBI. He's not on any of the shows or anything like that. Right. But he just worked yeah. really hard to do a free fun event for everybody. That sounds um, fun. And and anyone can go. So if you're ever mm-hmm. if you're ever there, just just go because they they yeah. welcome yeah. you with yeah. with open arms. Yeah. And they'll yeah, catch you. Hopefully, they'll like catch that. you with open arms too, right? If you fall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> next time, in, next time, in, next time in the UK, Scott, we should head down yeah. there. I will try. Yeah, yeah it, would, it would be great to do something like that. You know, it's um, it's always nice. Plus, I've never to been to London, so uh, these events that are uh, going. Yeah, on. I definitely mm. need to go to London. That's one place that. Uh, yeah, well, that that you can do that up at the O2 anytime. You take a little. Um, it's called the Clipper, and it's like a little ferry which goes from from one side to the other. Mm-hmm. And you, mm. you get onto the dome, and yeah, you 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 walking walking it within half an hour. Do you know what I mean? You just. It's it, there's a little safety video showing you what not sure. to do when you're on the dome. Yeah. Bounce. They don't like you bouncing. You should hire cosplayers to to like to, to basically uh, reenact the boat chase too. That'd be really cool. <laughs> yeah. Like get like the cigar girl, right? Like with the with the with the red leather suit and to get like yes. find something very close to like what Bond had because I know that was like a yeah, weird prototype yeah, yeah. thing, but I don't know if it actually existed or not. I think it was made for. Do you know what? You can book a speedboat um, oh. tour as well. So, so cool. a lot of people did that, and it, and they actually call it like the spy tour or something. All right, and cool. and I think it's maybe That's two awesome. or three of you are allowed on a speedboat, and they mm-hmm. they kind of do the route, and they they tell you a little bit about the film. So there are other things that ah, you can do. Sweet. Did you have to go through like the alley and then go through like, like you know when he a restaurant? To, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You like walk oh, yeah. right through the restaurant. It's like the good Atlantic. Go through the yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely. Do you know what was quite weird? Like you, we've seen the film hundreds of times, and you 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 see the route, don't you? And you well, mm-hmm. all those all the parts of that boat chase aren't in that flow. You know, there's. Mm. He, I think there was one part that he went. He goes under a bridge yeah. and comes out of a bridge at the other side. But they're two completely different bridges, filmed <laughs> at different areas. And oh wow! So yeah. the, the way they've pieced it, slick. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> cool. When I was young, I saw The World Is Not Enough uh, twice in the theater when it came out, and that was my second Bond film I saw in the theaters too. Nice and nice. I went, I went opening night, and then I went with some other friends who hadn't seen it uh, the other night. And by this point, Bond was catching on with the younger crowd because yeah. of the GoldenEye video game, because of yeah. the N64 game. So everyone was really down for it, right? And uh, it's kind of it's interesting too because I remember my friend said he liked it more than Tomorrow Never Dies because it's almost like a follow up to GoldenEye because it has you know Zakowski's back. Yeah, and of course. It, it's kind of a continuation of that, of that story. Yeah. But um, I remember really loving it in the film. I remember Scott, he sent me his email review of the movie. Oh, yeah. and Didn't he like said it too that, much, uh, no. 
No. No, you did. You said that it was, you, you said I like, to me. Did I like it? Okay. Yes. I've you sent said you a lot Michael of email Apted. reviews over the years. <laughs> I know. Uh, you said that Michael Apted was uh-huh. the best Bond director since Guy Hamilton. That's what you said in the email. Did I say I that? Right. that. Do you know what? Yes. I, this is coming back to me now because I think when we did our show back in, um, I think when we did our show back in like 2018, where we reviewed, 2018. The, where we reviewed the film, yeah. I think I... I think you pulled me up on it then as well. So you're hitting me twice with this. And um, to be I, fair, I, I wasn't generous with it either. So I, I don't know why I would have said that. I must have been really excited when I came out the cinema. <laughs> you were young though. This was before. Yeah, you were just right yeah. Here, man. This was pre like university Scott. This was pre stoicism mm. Scott, right? So mm. yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, a pre stoic pre stoic review. Scott, Scott became a, uni- <laughs> a stoic in university. He got into like Epictetus and Marcus Aurelius and all that, right? So, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, they're yet to show about, up in like, a bond. If movie. I drop a ju- if I drop a jug <laughs> of milk, like something bad is just let it be. Like don't worry about it like and that's I think my that fault the, the way yeah, you are the as a roommate it's my fault yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway okay. no you are right though josh you're absolutely right like michael apted yeah I, I do remember liking the film when i first saw it but i think it's i think you know it's it's blended a lot as i've grown up since then and i think yes. we're gonna have an interesting chat today oh, yeah. so this mm-hmm. this will yeah. be good but it is interesting also chris because when we talked after our first show in March on Diamonds, which was great fun, um, you know, we wanted you back in a few months' time, and, and you, you thought that the music for Twine would be really cool, so we just went with it as hosts. Yeah, I mean, you're our guest. Let's go for it. And then yeah. Doc, Docklands came up afterwards, so it's quite an interesting yeah. little uh, tie-in that it just happened to be the same film, yeah, you know? That's, uh, so what, I knew that Docklands was coming, so I thought, oh, oh you did. Sneak. Oh, sneaky. Okay, well, I'll do we a didn't sneak. Know that. Well, well, we got Rocky and Billy. I thought it'd be interesting to talk about Docklands yeah. here. I just thought it'd be a nice cool. little tag on. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, nice. Nice. Yeah, oh, that and is really nice cool. to talk That's about what Arnold. they call in the business operational awareness. There you go, mm-hmm. operational that's, awareness. That's what it yeah. is, spycraft well right before I, I didn't even know I was doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well played. That's very cron of you. There you go. You just flick a switch and you're like, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Now, Chris, I also remember seeing on Instagram a wee while ago, uh, you've got yourself a, a beautiful new Omega. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah. yeah. I haven't got it. Well, I've got it, but it's yeah, for my yeah. birthday, which is in like a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. So, uh, so uh, yeah. you're not allowed. Uh, okay. Oh, no. It's a watch. Oh, yeah. Omega. The Omega, Omega watch. watch. Oh, Omega yeah. watch. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I've wanted it for a while. To be completely honest, no watch, watch aficionado at all, but it, it started mm-hmm. from in lo- in lockdown. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my, my nan, my grandmother passed away and they left right. me a watch that was my okay. granddad's. That was an Omega. Uh, and I was like, oh, that, this is cool. And it didn't work. It was like, it had seized and everything. Uh-huh. And it was from 1969 and it had all the, okay. all the receipts and everything, you know, that when he bought it. And he wore it every day. Cool. Um, and he was a policeman, he was. And he used to, he, there's a little timing function on it. And he used to time, mm-hmm. you know, like speeding drivers in the 60s. It's got some cool stories oh, to it. Oh, cool. That's cool. So, yeah, I, so that's, I sent it story. to Omega. Yeah. And, and I said, oh, cool. you know, I really want to get this done and get it fixed. So sure. Omega, very, very during cool. lockdown, restored it. And I've got it now, and it's it's all oh, nice. Super. And wow. then it kind of I kind of got into Amiga a little bit, and I was like, oh, I want yeah. I want to get one that's like my you know like keep it in the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just trying to yeah. justify the fact that I wanted a Bond watch. And hey, you don't I, need to be honest. honest. I, I, I think you, don't you need just that. explained how you <laughs> yeah. justified that. Like that's the best justification <laughs> ever. Really, that's perfect. Yeah. 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 
I wanted to order a Seiko, one of those like uh, early '80s calculator models, which oh, had come up. And first. You want the one with like the uh, with like the ticker tape coming out? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was going to, but then I decided against it. But I'd actually like that story about <laughs> your your, your grandfather <laughs> having that um, that Omega. Yeah, that's that's we, neat. In our family, my dad passed away uh, 2015, but dad had, when he graduated university in 1970, his mom and dad gave him a Rolex and it oh, was a, a lo- lovely watch. Yeah. And when, uh, I guess after he died, it, it came to me, it needed a bit of service work and um, I've got it, but I don't, I, I don't really wear it. I quite like my own, but I'm, I just yeah, paid for yeah, two. Yeah. I just paid for bathroom renovations, so I'm not going to be getting <laughs> yeah. a Rolex anytime <laughs> yeah. soon. But I, I love stories like that. I do love stories yeah. like that. It means because something. yeah, it does. And I think our our family, our grandparents' generation, our parents' generation, those sorts of little mementos, those sorts of timepieces had had much more cultural importance than they do today as a stylish symbol. And yeah. it's really really super to keep those in the family if you can do that. That's awesome. Well, you know, those kind of um, the timepieces or just any of the things that we had from our from our relatives they they were all functional even though they were like classy pieces you know of jewelry like exactly. a, like a watch is that everything was functional whereas today things are expensive and fancy but they're not always functioning whereas you can just it's get the watch old. fixed and it's a watch so it's an omega yeah. and it's going to it's going to work uh, you know yeah. so we have these kind of antiques that get passed down but they still work and that's yeah, where absolutely. I think of that generation. Like when we, if if you take good care of it, or even get it fixed, it's still going to work. And I think that's yeah, mm-hmm. exactly I think that's a good part. You have another fifty years. Yeah, of there it, you or, go. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, Chris, have you got any other sort of gatherings, podcast gatherings, or community gatherings that you know about? You and uh, no. your wife are going to try to get. No, 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 we'd like to go to them in the future. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, we're I'm I'm definitely on the casual scale of a bonfire. So when it comes mm-hmm. to all mm-hmm. the facts and all the all the in depth yeah. knowledge, yeah. it's not there. I just I just like the songs to be completely honest, and I like I like watching the films, and that's mm. why you know podcasts like yours are so good because I learn loads. You know I don't profess to be a big Bond you know mm. dictionary, but like mm-hmm. I can pick loads of things up from these podcasts. Like I watch I listen to the one um, the interior design episode. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. the, yeah. Well, that yeah. was, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry that you had to do that. Brilliant. No, no, that was <laughs> glad, it was so glad you fun. liked it. And I was, I was sort of thinking, like, as you, you know, you said, like, pause it. I was, I was, I was working at the same time, and I, was thinking, <laughs> like, I, thought, I, I hope somebody mentioned. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> How would that go? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I thought, I hope surveyor. someone mentions Doctor No, but you did <laughs> mm. at the end. You mentioned the Doctor No room, which I was like, oh, good. Yeah, the Doctor <laughs> No room is is fantastic. Oh, yeah. 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 with the collarless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just such a cool room. Yeah, yeah. We've got uh, some of those chairs. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'll have to show you them. Yeah, mm. those are cool. What would you do? Like, we had trouble with kitchens. We had trouble oh, in our yeah, chat kitchen. Like, mm-hmm. What would you do for the Bond kitchen in your house? I think I think the, the live and let die Rodge kitchens. Are oh, cool. yeah. I really do. Yeah. yeah and and yeah. Erin, my wife, is banging <laughs> to, like, retro vintage stuff. So she'd be right, like, right. she, wouldn't, she wouldn't change anything. It'd be like, as it is. Yeah. Just I just, as is. I nice. couldn't believe that Ed made yeah. fun of him for the coffee machine. Like, is that all it does? I'm like, <laughs> what else does it need to do? Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe if it was cute saying that... Fine, yeah. but I'm like, come on! It's it makes a good cup of coffee in the morning. What else do you need? Let's be honest. Here. Exactly. Yeah. Did anyone exactly. think that how like at that moment how Bond could have easily become like a sitcom? Like how you could just have like Roger Moore and James <laughs> yeah, Bond, yeah, like, yeah. almost like Three's well, Company. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And well, yeah. Ed shows up and he has a girl, girl hiding, hiding in the and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it, yeah, he's the Mister Furley. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's gonna be yeah. Uh, hey, why not? And that's a perfect sitcom yeah, kitchen it's set, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. 
And my six more, and it's also one it. level, so easy for the cameras doing the multicam filming there and stuff, right? So <laughs> yeah, it could totally work. I like totally. It. <laughs> yeah. All right, anyway. Josh. Um, yeah. Anyway, do do you want to start off uh, the world of Bond? We've got we've got some things to talk about in the world of Bond. Uh, yeah, a couple things. Um, I think we're only, what, a month until No Time to Die comes out, so lucky on you guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, For all we know, we're probably going to get a a big Delta upsurge, and they're probably going to close the theaters, most likely. They might do that Um, here, too. Who knows? They might. Uh, I guess the big event we have here is uh, Barbara Bach is 74 Mm -hmm. yesterday, I believe it was. When I'm 74. Happy birthday to Barbara Bach. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Big friend of the show. Agent Triple X. Yeah. <laughs> Big friend. Yeah. yeah. Anya Masava. Mm-hmm. About a week ago, I think Jill St. John celebrated her birthday. I think oh, she's right. like, in, yeah, she's up, she's in her 80s now. I, I think like yeah. 81 or something. Oh, I reckon like she would so, be, yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes yeah, sense. Happy birthday to Jill St. John. Is it? Um, um, she says thank you. Has it been a slow week? Does she? Does she yeah. indeed say thank you? Yeah. yeah. You, you, you got her on your line, do you? You just yeah. kind of switch <laughs> board over. Yeah. <laughs> You did, know, Josh. You did, you did make was, a good point yeah, about yeah. Chris's City of Lovers just a year old. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, congratulations on that. Uh, Thank you very much. Cheers. Are you still getting orders? Are you still getting people interested in, in a second printing? I can, or a third? I can only, yeah, I can only imagine. I've got, so. a, I've got a big list, but it, it really yeah. it needs fifty to make it. Yeah, I think yeah. he has a minimum thing that he'll do. That was it. So I think I need 50 and I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. like that popular job. <laughs> so I haven't got enough for that. <laughs> but yeah, but I'll, I'll keep the list. You never know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Regarding No Time to Die, Chris, uh, you're sort of a point man when it comes to the musical stuff. Uh, have you heard anything about this, the release of the album at all for the soundtrack? I've seen um, yesterday they brought out a new picture disc. So I've got, in fact, from a vinyl standpoint, there's an amazing range of releases Good. for No Time to really? Die. It's unbelievable. It, yeah, yeah. Do they so have like a picture disc of each of the different characters kind of thing? Is that what they're they've, doing? They've got, um, they've got a Nomi one. Oh, okay. They've got, yeah. they've got Bond. Mm. They've got the same release again, but with just that's just white with black 007 logo. Mm. So that's right. three yeah. variations on a picture disc. Uh, marketing. Then there's... Stand, yeah, exactly. Then there's the standard No Time to Die, which is just black vinyl with the with the cover. Then there's a gold edition oh. as well. Oh dear. Yeah. So I think of the of the actual album, I think there's like seven variations of. of well, how many of do you, you plan gatefold. to procure yourself, sir? All of them. I mean, Aaron's going to listen to this. Yeah, uh, that's what I was going to say. Like, we can edit this. <laughs> yeah. you, we can. We can. Edit. If you want to have two answers, just answer twice, and we can edit the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't read lips. I'm going to order one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm wondering, is, is there a release date established for the soundtrack? Um, from memory, I'm sure it said October. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I forget the day. I forget the day. And there's I'm, very few snippets have been released either. Like very few. Just the gun like, barrel. Yeah. It seems they're barrel, very yeah. confident in in the soundtrack. Like there could be. So yeah. I'm really excited because I know like uh, Zimmer has Dune coming up too, and that apparently is going to have multiple disc release as well. Yeah. But I guess that's coming out prior, so they want to build that up more, and maybe that's what he's focusing his marketing on. I don't yeah, know. Absolutely. Yeah, but I'm I'm wondering if he's going to be start doing like uh, Bond, like his Bond pieces, like in some some of the tours that he's doing. Right. So I'm well, curious to I see think- if he does that. There's the 007 podcast. Remember that was just just going to launch and then mm-hmm. it, yeah. it got pushed back. Cut, so they stopped. Back, the pod- yeah. 
Right, yeah, they've got a right. whole episode of that podcast with Hans Zimmer. Oh, oh, so um, oh lovely. I have to go back and check that out. That's yeah, well, ho- hopefully it'll come out soon. I mean, yeah, they, they've got so. it recorded. Oh, okay, it hasn't come out yet. Got no, it hasn't come out. It's half an hour as well. So I think it'll be something that's pretty... Oh, that's um, good. Yeah, pretty interesting, yeah. Do you know, however it falls and however it drops, however the needle drops... <laughs> See, Jeff, I can do it too. I, can, I know, I, I, do, I know. It's very, very slow. Um, however it happens, guys, you've got to think that they've had enough time to do this right. You know, they've had <laughs> enough time to, to <laughs> yeah, do it right. They can do two and of them. I really hope, I really hope that the score is tight and that the editing, uh, you know, works with the music. And I hope that Zimmer, because he has had time, and in fact, he's performed with Billie Eilish, so I hope that theme is nicely integrated in, yeah. a, in a way that Newman was rushed with both of his efforts. He was rushed to, yes. you know, to get the, the theme song came at the end of his recording. And in some cases, it was just really, really quickly shoveled into the score. And I, yeah. I feel like we haven't seen Thomas Newman's best Bond effort because he had very little, if anything, to do with the song. Because he's done some fantastic you know? scores. And, he sure has. You know, yeah. like, and I just found that, like, it's just how weak it, it was. I I don't like to use the word weak because I know he probably put a lot of effort into what he did put out, but at the same time, as a Bond score, it just sort of fizzles to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like it's just it's just it seems like it's just so, uh, you know, rubber stamp, just get the job done, sort of thing, churn it out. And I mean, Man with a Golden Gun was like that too, but it still ended up being a better score oh, than that's Spectre. Great. Or mm-hmm. even Skyfall score minus the song, yeah. of course. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. What's well, everyone's we'll thoughts on the actual No Time to Die song? I know it's sort of digressing a bit, but what's everyone think of No Time to Die? The song I like it. I like it. I like it. Actually, I like it. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> and I, I think I'm not. I think and I'm not yeah, really a huge fan of like Billie Eilish per se. But I was yeah. very. But I listened to it and I was like, you know what? Like, I feel there's a lot more sort of. Um, effort and and, um, and quality in it behind what yeah. she did, and I, it, that actually made me kind of like almost do like a like a you know a double take. Me, like, okay, okay, we got something going here, and and that yeah, and that yeah. made me you know listen to a couple times, and I was I'm quite impressed actually. So I'm excited. I like it. Yeah, I do like it as well. Am I right in saying that Chris, you've got one of those gold edition scores of something? Don't did do I not recall you? Uh, I've got um, with the uh, with the records now. Yeah, the records. Yeah, sorry, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm going back to what you said. You said that there was going to be a gold. I saw one on release. your Instagram, and which yeah, you were. I've I got might have it wrong. I got a little gold finger recently, which was for Record Store Day. Oh, that's what um, okay. And that was just a seven-inch single. That was okay. um, that, that was lovely. That to be fair, yeah, I was pleased mm. with that. Um, but yeah, with with the with the No Time to Die. I, I will just because I'm a completist. I will get them all. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah. Just> eventually, <laughs> eventually. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. just one of those things. It's just you know. It just mm-hmm. feels right to have them in the collection, Jolene. Yeah, it's ah, a geeky it thing. Does. I just like. Yeah. I just it was like a nice that. unboxing video, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Um, after that, you know, film comes out. It's, uh, and then we're going to have so much to talk about again. You know, like as a Bond community, we'll have so much. Well, more you to talk guys about. will, anyways. Well, we will. You well, guys we'll, will get it we'll a couple be, weeks later. We'll be respectful. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we, I think everyone, to be fair, that's one thing about the, the Bond communities. Everyone sort of looks out for each other. So I don't think anyone will spoil anything. Do you know what I mean? Everyone will sort of mm-hmm. uh, be respectful. Or if they do, they'll make it quite clear in their write-ups. Yeah, exactly. It's not as, po- exactly. it's not as popular as a fandom, I think, nowadays, that pe- that you would run into spoilers about all the time, right? It's, it's not mm-hmm. like The Walking Dead or something like that, where you just see spoilers all the time yeah. posted or something like that, for example. Yeah, exactly. I, I read somewhere that they had just shown 11 minutes of it somewhere, at like a oh, film gosh, festival really? or something. Hmm. They, yeah, they okay. just oh, only yeah, like the, a week the or so cinema, ago. The CinemaCon. 
That's it. That was it. Yeah. Mm. It's basically like this online like uh, cinema convention where all the, I guess all the distributors put, put just show previews of their movies to like critics and YouTubers and stuff like that. Right. Right. I see. I see. Yeah. yeah I, just, I, I, there's a write up on it and I was like, I'm not reading that. Mm. Watch the 11 yeah, minutes just be the credits. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I think it was the um, you know the bridge sequence where he jumps off the big oh, trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, yeah. it was like the full eleven minutes of that. Oh, yeah, no, thank you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to keep it. You want to preserve that without any interference whatsoever. Exactly. You know? That's what I yeah. think they should yeah. have just shown the credits. I don't care about who. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't care about how the bad guy dies or or what or the betrayals or anything. All I care about is do not interrupt my. Uh, absorption of the opening sequence please well, thank you yeah, I mean, yeah that's, a, that's a no-no right there. yeah yeah soon as that figure walks through the gun barrel through the iris just tune me out leave completely. me leave yeah. me alone mm-hmm. let me just develop my world talk to me while the song <laughs> is on i don't care but uh <laughs> yeah Josh, speaking of songs, and guys, I know that it isn't technically, uh, you know, a world of Bond, but the Rolling Stones were, well, Charlie. they were close. Oh, that so yeah. sucks so much. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the worst. It's the worst thing, isn't oh, it? I mean, man. the thing is, he he had a, you know, he got to a good age. You know, there, mm-hmm. there are there mm-hmm. are pros, yeah. but it, whatever mm-hmm. age you pass, it's sad, regardless, yes, isn't yes. it? And he is an absolute legend. That is one thing I'm thankful for is that we got to see the Stones, and that was yep. a, Me too. a couple of years ago. Did you? Oh, I saw them twice. In yeah, fact, me, and, 16, me and Jeff. Oh, Sixteen yeah. years ago there today, I saw them uh, in Ottawa cool. for the second and yeah. final time. Very, very good. Oh, they played, yeah, they played so in Halifax, so too. No, 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 because we Did saw they? them in 2002, Josh, in Toronto. I saw them in 2005 oh, yeah. at Lansdowne. Lansdowne, oh, Lansdowne that's nice. right. Yeah, I nice, didn't nice, see nice. them um, in any way comparable, but uh, they played at the Halifax Commons, uh, big, just a big open green space, and uh, I was behind the fence because I, I was working that night, so nice. I was walking past. And <laughs> I've I, I done that see before. The show, but I, uh, yeah, I did not see them. I didn't see them live, but that's great. We've got three personal experiences here. Yeah, yeah, just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and that's what I've been doing that since his passing. Every day is being filled with the stones. Uh, um, you're preaching to the choir here. I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it. I got to tell you, Scott, about this. You may you may not know this, but you actually really are the one that introduced me to the Rolling Stones, even before Jeff actually. Because uh, we want Full Metal Jacket. Oh, painted black. And at the end, at the end, painted black. Sure, at the very end sure. of the film, and oh, that just like cool. hook, line, and sinker got me right into them. All, that's you know, great. So. And then Josh had to really had to listen to me talk about them nonstop then, for the next twenty years. <laughs> You're welcome. That's how it should be. Favorite <laughs> albums, yeah, guys. Favorite albums. Felt favorite albums. Like, uh, for me, my favorite one is Let It Bleed, Beggar's Banquet, uh, and then it's uh, the first album. Uh, English news hitmakers, uh, all of them now and si- well, basically, <laughs> all of them? yeah, basically all. Of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Mostly the Brian Jones oeuvre. Yeah, cool. Very, very cool. What was your call, Chris? XL on Main Street. So I like the. Um, I, I like that because it's long as well. It's a long. Yeah, album, it's a double. It's got, album. Yeah, yeah, and it's messy. And it is. They, they, did, messy they did a great greasy. documentary like on it. The, it's very yeah. yeah it's the, the the drugginess of them. <laughs> Definitely. You need a shower yeah, after that album. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I like Aftermath. Aftermath is yeah, excellent nice. because yeah. that was the first time. Uh, not fade away. Uh, yeah. And well, with Aftermath, that was the first album they had all their own like original tunes song. without any covers. Yeah, painted black was on aftermath. Absolutely, so. and under it's my thumb, that's probably that's one of my top favorite like songs by the Stones. Yeah. Under my thumb, it's like the mod anthem, and it's just 
wicked. Let it, it bleed is also a, probably yeah. my second favorite too. Also, oh, yeah. like my favorite Stone song is "Sympathy for the Devil" of all, of mm. all of them, and that's my karaoke go-to. So, mm. <laughs> yeah, that's a long performance. It's a, it's yeah. a commitment. Yeah, it's that's a commitment. Yeah, it's seven minutes. Oh man, when you don't you don't realize what you commit to about how many hoo-hoos you. Have I was going to gonna do say, do you do karaoke? Yeah. He carries I a do, paper I bag because he, he hyperventilates. <laughs> You know, the dots still say, I mean, and then you're just like, oh my God, okay. I've got to carry on. I've committed. Yeah. yeah. My favorite little nugget so, about Sympathy for the Devil, I just want to say, is that Keith actually plays the bass. So he does the bass and the guitar. Oh. And that's why the bass is so wicked, because Bill wasn't getting it. And Keith was the, he's the quarterback. Cool. And he's like, here, no let me do way. it. And, and so if you watch the Jean Luc Godard film, One Plus One, also known as Sympathy for the Devil, there's all those yeah. nuggets of the studio footage of them in Olympic Studios. They just put it in 4K, haven't they? Done a little remaster. Yeah, and but you can it. see Keith noodling, and then he even, and then oh, like, that's why the ba- that. yeah. That's so cool. and uh, anyways, the bass is my second part, favorite part of that whole thing. The first, my favorite part yeah. is the piano by Nicky Hopkins because it's amazing. But mm, uh, but the Hopkins, bass and yeah. the piano are the other than obviously the bongos and the congas and that kind of like that feel. But it's the piano and the bass, and, and Keith ripping on the bass is so good. That that bass line is just so awesome. Yeah. And live when they're playing the, the bongos too. Yep. Oh, so good in that yeah. in that movie. What's that? Well, guys, let when me ask. Playing the bongos. Oh yeah, 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 exactly. Rocky Dijon. As a segue into our chat for the world is not enough. If the Stones, who we're celebrating just now, if the Stones could re-record at any stage in their career any one Bond song, what Oof. would you like the Stones to have performed? Now this is, by the way, this is a separate it. conversation. I'm not saying you hate the original song. I'm just mm, saying yeah, yeah, the Stones, fine. their sound, their production, whatever, any era. Mm. What what would you like to hear them sing? All time high. No, oh, that's an all time great choice. But <laughs> yeah, but they couldn't do it better than Rita. They couldn't do it better than Rita. Sorry, oh, I can oh, see Jagger really blushing. giving it being Yeah, blushing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, because I, I was thinking about this, like, what, what, what era would the Stones do? And I would say, like, realistically, if they were going to do a Bond song, it would be when they were at their their peak. So it would probably be mid to late seventies, where I would appreciate yeah. the Stones' quality of the sixties, but they would be too new. Well, I say too new, but I just I can't see them doing anything um, of the stuff up to like sixty-seven. It would just be too. It just wouldn't work. So I figured, like, maybe something like Live and Let Die or even, like, The Man with the Golden Gun, I would say. Like, Oh, do you know what? It, they were on, um, it, it, if you listen to Carly Simon's You're So Vain, Jack oh, is in mm. the background doing the backing vocals. Mm. So I reckon they could do oh, Nobody Does actually, It Better. Good, I'm going to yeah, change to that. Cool. It's not yeah, that I would want to mess with that. Oh, that's, that's yeah, good. I, I like that. that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. This is really neat. We're all in the same wheelhouse because my first go-to was Moonraker. And it's not that I don't like Shirley Bassey's vocals at all. I, I think she's lovely. But um, I just think that she, you know, her heart terribly wasn't into that song too much. I, I know they kind of twisted her a bit to get her to come back and do it. And I just think that song would be lifted to a new, strange, oh, yeah. interesting realm if if the Stones had put their I luck like, to it. And that's, a, that's an interesting cool. time for the Stones. That's kind of like when they got into disco. A little bit, yeah. So that'd be an interesting time, right around All there. Right. So they were, I think so they were touring and they were about some to girls. do, uh, yeah, some girls, some girls. And then yeah. the next year, nineteen eighty, would have been emotional rescue. So they're right in that yeah. disco phase, right there. <laughs> Go, yeah, Josh! Well, you're the last to vote, buddy. Worked. 
Well, I have two uh, actually that I think that they would they, they would have done. <laughs> Not a lot. And I think this. I think I think at the time, I think the Stones were probably too counterculture in the '60s, yeah. '70s for Bond at the time. Okay. Because okay. Bond in the '60s, you got Matt Monroe. You're you're dealing with crooners most of the time. You got the female vocalists in there as well. But that's still still a conservative kind of thing. Straight laced. The Stones were kind of the were kind of the bad boys. Yeah, they're still in a safe straight laced atmosphere. Exactly. So it makes sense to me that uh, they would probably do a Bond song either, like you said, in the 70s or even the 80s or even the 90s, in my opinion. Uh, 80s-wise, I think they could have done a, a great... And they would have wrote their own version of it, I think, as well, for License to Kill. I think they would have nailed that. Mm. Particularly, would, for the feel of that movie, it would have been perfect, too. That's a good call. Um, yeah. And I would have said, too, and as much as I love Shirley uh, Manson, I like I like Garbage. I lo- Actually, I love Garbage. I have a couple of their albums, and I think she's a great artist, and uh, the band is really good, and th- I love their, their production quality of their music and the different sounds that they make and how different they are, but I don't think they were the right fit for a Bond song, in my opinion. And I think that the Stones could have done a really interesting World Is Not Enough variant. I think they would have worked well with Arnold as well. So mm. That's an, That is yeah. an interesting talking point, for sure. I, I that think, is a yeah. near-perfect segue. Yeah, there you go. discussion of the score. <laughs> so you can see I'm eager to move on and uh, yeah, get us fine. out of the world of that Bond. That was my Machiavelli moment. There you go. That was good, Josh. <laughs> you did very well there, pal. Thank you for leading us into and, it. And thank you for having a chat about the Rolling Stones because God yeah, knows no, I, I need one of those wonderful. every day and I don't get a chance to talk about it. I think Chris enough. would agree with you given the uh, crest on his uh, polo shirt absolutely, there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez, I didn't even <laughs> see that. Right on, man. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That yeah. is really neat. Right, guys, so to to start the show then, proper at least, with respect to the soundtrack information, um, we'll just go through some of the production notes, talking points, you know, as and when they come up. But I just wanted to share with uh, listeners and ourselves just some of the context behind the recording and the soundtrack release and the scoring. When we did the uh, Diamonds Are Forever 50th anniversary episode, I credited the good work by John Burlingham in his Music of James Bond. I've gone back to that source to get some of this information, and I've got some other sources as well, which we'll credit along the way. Um, I don't know how you guys feel generally about David Arnold as a Bond composer. I really like David Arnold. I don't mm. I don't think that, and I, and I know most of the you know Bond community does, uh, but I'm not sure that your average listener um, during the 90s would necessarily have been quite as kind to him uh, because his sound is coming on the back, at least, of um, Tomorrow Never Dies. The sound in this score is, is, is quite heavy. It's quite loud. It's quite brash. Mm. And sometimes Fantastic. it's difficult to separate the electronic effects from the orchestrations that Nick, Do- that Nick Dodds yep. did for him. So... I, th- I think that maybe as we talk through this, um, if you guys want to speak to that as well, that might be really interesting yeah. to chat. Uh, Arnold did a great job with Tomorrow Never Dies, right? I think we've all agreed that before, publicly, privately, whatever. We like that score, right? Chris, you're a fan of that one? Yes. Love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, love okay. it. Yeah. One of the best Bond scores ever, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, because of his success there, he was signed pretty quickly on to uh, The World's Not Enough. We... 
He was signed in September of 1998, so the producers were, you know, really happy and keen to have him back, right? Um, as such, he visited the set quite a bit, and he met early with director Michael Apted in the process, and Apted felt that um, he wanted the composer to be a little bit more involved, okay, kind of in, in the artistic print of the film, I guess, in the creative process, maybe that's the better expression of it all. Um, Apted remembers these early meetings quite fondly, and he stated in his commentary of the film that he wanted a very romantic, a very haunting song that could also be incorporated into the score. So some of the stuff that a few moments ago we talked about hoping that uh, Zimmer gets a chance to do with No Time to Die, this is something that Apted was interested in right away. So that that's good, right? I think that's quite good. That's because good. Yeah, he, he, he knows was, the Bond yeah, sound. Yeah, He knows the Bond sound. sound. And Arnold was denied that a little bit when Surrender went to the end credits instead of the uh, Sheryl Crow song, right? Yeah. So the title song was written by David Arnold and uh, Don Black in November of December, just shortly after signing onto the project, uh, before filming started. And Apted was clear enough about what kind of tone he wanted to establish through that. And what Burlingham writes in his book, uh, he states that Garbage was the only choice for the song, despite having been a lot of rumors uh, at the time. I mean, and you can see it, right? The internet is now a domestic property. There is a lot more people commenting, wanting. Absolutely. Your message boards, your forums are all taken off, firing up with this stuff. And um, I remember how much online stuff there was about The World Is Not Enough when it, when it hit. And yeah, the, all sorts of people were rumored. But Arnold says, no, there was only one band, only one group approached for this, and it was Shirley Manson and Garbage. Now, Josh, you mentioned a moment ago how big a fan you are. I remember as a teenager uh, and as an early 20s, you, you, know, you had the albums, you, you did love Garbage. Jeff, um, yeah. Chris, how do you guys feel about Garbage as a band? I just don't know them that well, to be completely I remember honest. when they came out with their first album, like I was in grade seven, I think, or six, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And uh, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I heard them kind of a nauseam. I was like, okay, like this song's popular because I used to listen, you know, like Rick D's and Casey Case and stuff like that. And they were on Much Music, which is the local kind of like, it was like the Canadian version of MTV at the time. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, so I listened to them a lot, and I, I was like okay with them. Like I wouldn't necessarily, you know, change the channel or turn the radio station or whatever. But yeah. uh, but I but as as uh, you know as it progressed, I did appreciate their music more and more. Josh got me into them a lot more actually later on, you know. But yeah, uh, but like garbage two point zero. Yeah, like uh, and, and onwards. And, I think that's when they start producing really interesting. But stuff. it is interesting yeah. to see like how how good like Shirley Manson is and how accomplished of a musician she is in the band. Um, I don't listen to them too too much, but I know that they are quality, and so I, I do like the song. It's not my favorite Bond song, but I think they do a good job of it. I think lyrically, it's pretty strong. Like it's yeah. very thematic to the story in the film. And it's also also very applicable in, in other situations. Um, it does feel though that they really try to find. Uh, you can tell we got to make the world is not enough a lyric or a, <laughs> a refrain, <lyric>. like <laughs> a song. So we yeah. got to somehow 
have that word, that, that it phrase in, in there, shoehorn <laughs> yeah, it in somehow, yeah, yeah. and then build the song around it, it's right? True. Yeah. Like that's a trick. But do you have to? Can you like sort of have like a, a like a no name song? Oh, and, like uh, sorry, you could. Sorry, not a no name song, but just call it like no, like, no like, like for example, this by who loved me. The nobody does it better. You know what I mean? You could do. You could make the chorus around that, and then throw in the spy who loved me uh, lyric, like they do in the nobody does it better uh, song. So, yeah. you could have done it that way too. But I guess also, Barbara Broccoli wanted to brand the song. They wanted to market it and market course, the film. Yeah. So you want to take and you have a band like Garbage, who was very big at the time, it would and then you want to have them yeah. with their single with the, attached to the movie name. I, you know, it's 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 not brain surgery. Why they went that way? Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, David Arnold called um, Shirley Manson the Electric King of music. Now, nah, I mean that's a sound bite, right? That you're looking to sell your albums with, I guess. Well, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. That would sell an album, but um, yeah, on electronica alternative is sort of like her niche. Yeah, yeah aye, absolutely. Yeah, her sound to me is also reminding me of uh, you know. Uh, Canadian band that me and you really like, Scott uh, mm. Metrics. Yeah, Metric. Yeah. You know, Emily Haynes has sort of a mm. Shirley Manson vibe as well to her. Yeah, so. yeah she does kind of. Yeah. And and, yeah. and they could do a Bond song if you ask oh, me. Oh, definitely. Yeah, they could. Yeah, they, they, they totally could. Really yeah, good. they could. Chris, yep. are you familiar with Metric? Yeah. Do you know Emily no, Haynes' work? No, no. Yeah, you'd like her stuff. Check it out. Yeah. Metric. She's for, yeah, Metric, Metric. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And she has some solo albums yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. I like her yeah. solo stuff. I'll have to check that out. Chris, well, tell me what you think of this quote because this one kind of struck me when I read this. I was like, Really? Okay. I'm trying to... It's a bit of poetry, guys. I don't know how much I agree with it, but I think it's a, it's a bit more of the sort of production poetry. Okay. David Arnold described the song, calling it a steel fist in a velvet glove. Uh, he went on to wow. say, quote, it beckons you in with its crooked finger. I don't Eel. think it really... Um yeah, I don't think really applies to that tune, to be completely I don't, honest. I, I yeah. don't see it. I don't listen to the same no. song. <laughs> I don't see it. <laughs> I like the song. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, it was during the version 2.0 world tour that Garbage made the first recordings of the demo that was sent on in early January of 99. After listening to the orchestral demo, the band worked and they used a portable studio from a number of European cities to record. And they also recorded, did some final mixing in Vancouver. But since the strings carried the structure of the song, they had to be finalized before Manson could put her vocals on top of them. And Josh, this is what I think you would like to know. Uh, Manson was quite nervous about doing the song. Uh, She felt that her voice was pretty exposed. And in a Jam Music article from November 1999 by Jane Stevenson, she explained, Vocally, it's a big change for me. It requires a very wide range and you can't hide behind any effect. Basically, it's just my voice. I was terrified and I kept on weeping to my friends. I'm going to look a fool. There's no way I'm going to be able to carry this off. They assured me, saying, no, no, no matter what happens, at least you won't come last because you can't be worse than Aha. <laughs> now, I'm going Ooh, to you, Josh, because I, know, I know you love that, that song. Aha Chris, I know you I love that movie. Ooh, that's, yeah. that's harsh. That's, that's harsh. a bit harsh. That's, that's really harsh. harsh. For her pals to say that, yeah. And then for her to then quote yeah. it in, in, in the magazine, promoting yeah. a Bond yeah. song. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Underhand. Yeah. Maybe she's a John Barry fan. Yeah, yeah, this is it, exactly, yeah. <laughs> maybe so. Or maybe she knew she was speaking to a Canadian magazine and this news story would not get out. <laughs> she was wrong. <laughs> she was wrong. Here we are. She underestimated the Canadian indie musical journalism scene, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, the 20 years hence podcasting yeah. scene. 
Exactly. Yes. Um, <laughs> drummer producer Butch Vig from Garbage is credited as putting the track together in the studio towards the end of it. He was drumming for them at the time, but this was interesting. He also produced the Nirvana record Nevermind. So this yeah, guy knows his yeah. way around. I didn't know that, Chris. Uh, this he's guy knows done, his I way around. He was Foo a producer Fizes. before he's, he was. Cool. Yeah, hmm. he's become massive now, hasn't he? Really cool. Yeah. Um, Don Black and Arnold also collaborated on the song at the end of the album, Only Myself to Blame and the End of the Film, which was Electra's theme made into a song. Arnold wanted to capture the lost romance and Bond's feeling of guilt over it. The song was given a noir-esque jazz treatment, but Apted felt that it was too much of a downer to end the film on. So according to Burlingham, it ranks up there with Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang as one of the great songs that would never make its way into the film. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, we, we can give that a listen, you know? We'll just play a few seconds of that now and cool. we'll talk yeah. about the vocals or whatever. Yeah. Um, From city to city I still see your face. The lyrics are pretty cool, to be honest, but sure. I kind yes. of agree with Apted. It's a bit of a downer. It, it's a bit yeah, like it's a Michael Goulet. Yeah, that's a warm glass too. of milk. A bit, bit Goulet. Uh, at 11 o'clock at night. Buble. Oh, I said Goulet. Oh. Well, you're thinking of Robert Goulet. I'm Robert. thinking of Robert Goulet, <laughs> got, yeah. There you go. I think you got you took Robert Goulet and Michael <laughs> Goulet and put them into one person. I maybe did. I maybe did. Do you know what? Uh, Just to, to tie back to the Rolling Stones, Erin mm. will kill me now for saying this. She thought... <laughs> she, she said to me once, um, which one Which one of them is, is Keith McJagger? I went, <laughs> what, what was that? <laughs> and she was like, which one's Keith McJagger? I went, you're talking about two different people. <laughs> oh, and she thought the last day was like MC Jagger? Uh, uh, yeah. Keith McJagger. MC Jagger, that's great. Keith McJagger. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Sorry, sorry that's to awesome. interrupt. That's a good one. Not at, no, not at all. No, not at all. Um, what, what do you guys think of that song? Like, I, I, don't, I don't see Scott Walker's vocals being Pierce Brosnan's inner voice. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just I don't work. see it. It doesn't fit I for me. I quite like the words. But yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. The, words the lyrics fine. are good. But yeah, I felt like I'm listening yeah. to karaoke. And the harmony is good. Well, Here's the song. Yeah. Like, it feels like I'm literally listening to a guy. He's the last singer of the night. He's on his seventh, like, <laughs> mojito. Yeah. And he's and he's got, like, his table's just full of sticky little umbrellas from the drinks. Yeah. And and yeah. he's going for it. And I'm, I'm just not, I'm not picking up. I'm not, I'm not picking like, up what he's putting Sinatra. down. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's like, uh, or like you're at a, it's like at a wedding, and the best man's had a couple, yeah. and he gets up and he's like tries to do his Sinatra impersonation yeah, exactly. or something Feeling like no that. Pain. Like his vocals to me, <laughs> they're almost par- like someone trying to parody yeah. or imitate Sinatra yeah. or Matt Monroe know, or exactly. someone like that. That's you know? exactly, yeah. Like yeah, like it's almost like this like a, Miss, a Mancini light vocal song you'd see like in one of those offshoot '60s movies or something like that. Like mm. it's just. I don't know. Like the theme is fine, the harmony sure. is fine, the lyrics are fine. They work with the character. I love how the theme, the harmony is used in the score. I, I love Electra's theme. I think it's excellent. Yeah, it's, um, it's good. But it's not. It's but, not nineteen ninety nine, is it? No, no, it just doesn't fit. It just doesn't yeah, fit really. No. That's they should have got yeah, Buble because at least he would have been ja- he would have been jazzier. Uh, around ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one, he would. That's when he got like really big. Yeah. yeah, because I think it was on the first Spider-Man, the Sam yes, Raimi's first Spider-Man movie. That's as well. He did the like yeah. the old Spider-Man theme song, right? And and that was awesome. Yeah, so. but I think his yeah. first big thing was the cover of Fever, and that just like blew everyone away. Fever, yeah, yeah. that's right. 
four fans for Buble? Is that what we're saying? We got four Buble fans? He's a talented man. I like him. I like him actually more as just a person as much as his music. Like, I mean, I know, like, I don't think he's pretty switched on. But I like him. Mm. Yeah, I, I kind of felt that he kind of matured over over the over the years too, right? Oh yeah. And I think it'd be cool if they brought him back to do like uh, a Bond song. I think that would be really cool, kind of like a Matt Monroe with a bit of a electronic jazz mix to it or something. Well, he is kind of cool. coming back. He's got like the bubbly brand kind of like um, soft drink Nicely going on. Done. No, no, I'm serious. Uh, <laughs> oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now and does so, he really and, have a champagne was, brand? No, no, no! It's not yeah, bubbly. It's actually bu- like it's one of the things where you can just put it in water, and it, it's like flavored water, almost kind of thing. Ooh, blackberry buble, my favorite. You mean bubbly? No, I mean buble. You're Michael Buble. That's a bubbly. She's right, Michael Buble. It's pronounced buble. I know. Thanks. Can I have your autograph, Mr. Bubbly? It's buble. Buble. It's bubbly. Sparkling water. Crack a smile. And so they actually oh. got him as the spokesperson. So, he, and the joke yeah. is, is like bubbly. he goes, he goes door to door, and it's like it's bubbly. <laughs> oh, and he's like, no, it's buble. And so it's a joke. Yeah, and so, oh, and so that, oh, gosh, you man. can YouTube the commercials, but it's actually pretty. Yeah, it's kind of. <laughs> yeah, kinda, yeah kinda, exactly. But anyway, so he's 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 been doing that now. So cool. It's funny. I like it. Yeah. Well, guys, we're we're getting to the crux of this now because David Arnold decided to make this his second score for the franchise, even more contemporary than he did with Tomorrow Never Dies, which has some great electronic tracks. And he elected to use quote lots of electronic rhythms to keep the thing jetting along. Those are and his words, did. not mine. Yeah, he did. Hmm. Now I'll I'll put it out there now to save time later. I'm not really a fan of the the sort of the loud electro riffs that just power their way through this score too much. And I, I don't really find it transfers terribly well into a listening experience on CD. I mean, a CD or whatever you're it's, listening it's to. Dated, that, that's, but that's okay. That's me. But, exactly. you know, Arnold does make a good point when he says that I knew it was pointless writing lots of tricky little bits, which I presume he means like orchestral nuance and stuff, for a movie Motifs, if, if yeah. the world was going to be blowing up on top of it. And I, I think he makes a good point there, and it, it, it does gesture towards one of the reasons why maybe I'm not such a big fan of it, because I find the score very bombastic, but I find this film very loud. I think it's one of the loudest Bond films that there's ever been. It's, I find that it, you know, I'm watching it in the house, right? And I got two kids upstairs, and they're doing their thing, whatever, but I'm still turning it down. And I don't do that with all <laughs> yeah. of these movies. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. down to minus 11, you know? I have to keep that sound really, really low. And I, I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs> Turn I didn't it to do, minus I didn't, 11. <laughs> I, I didn't do the, the physics check on it, but... Is this not one of the loudest Bond films? I mean, I think you're right. I, I never thought of that, but if I can kind of go back in my mind and you can hear that. I'm the oldest turn, one here. I think that's, you're that's probably what right. this is telling us. I am the oldest one here, <laughs> and it is as clear as day right now. Is it? Die Another <laughs> Day was pretty loud, too. Die Another I mean, Day was pretty loud, scores. yeah. And it's even more the techno than the previous than World yeah, on Enough. You're right. So. You're right. I'm not saying for a second that there's no there's no good writing yeah. here, but I I do want to credit Arnold for what he said there. Like he understood the world he was writing yeah. for, the film he was. Yeah. He, this is a different sort of film. Certainly different to Casino that would come later. Yeah. Certainly different sure. to Tomorrow Never Dies. It, it does ramp it up a bit. So why would yeah. I spend my time trying to be the greatest composer I can be? Um, for my own artistic purposes, when the film is just going to smother it with noise and with explosions yeah, and with gunfire. Exactly. Oh, there you yes. go. Okay. And Brosnan's era, Brosnan's <laughs> era was like that, wasn't it? Brosnan, Brosnan's yeah. era yeah, it was. was so loud and techy. So 
100%. If you look at The World Is Not Enough and how the, the narrative was constructed and how the scenes were made, there's so many action set pieces in that movie. And there, it's almost like it gets exhausting. We're like, I'm pretty sure they could have cut some of these sequences out. Because think about it. You have the opening sequence. I think his scoring for that action piece in the opening, the Thames sequence, I think it's excellent. It I think it's a great mix right. of everything that he's good at, like the techno element, mm -hmm. the synth element, the orchestral stuff. I think it works so well together. It's almost like its own little mini movie. Yeah. And then... Yeah. Even like the Ice Bandit sequence or whatever, like he has that pulsating kind of tune that was kind of reminiscent of Bond seventy seven by Hamlish. I kind of dug that. Yeah, yeah. But then you, but then you get like the decommissioning site shootout sequence, which is a protracted long sequence, and then you have immediately after that the pipeline sequence. Then after that, you have the caviar factory. I think that whole the caviar factory sequence could be cut from the entire film, in my I opinion. Mm -hmm. this, the I, music is good. Like I love yeah, hearing the, the Bond theme. Yeah. With, but uh, they could have cut that whole scene from the film, if you ask me. Yeah. I'm going to come back to you, Josh, to talk about that when we get to that track, okay? Because I don't have a lot to say yeah, about Yeah, sorry. It, so. I, I kind of went on a tangent there. No, no, so. not at all, man. Not at all. So mm. Nick Dodds, once again, did the orchestrations. Um he really liked the score, Nick Dodds. And he, I mean, I don't know if you guys have looked at his resume. He's done hundreds of stuff, like hundreds of score. He's worked with tons of composers. He obviously did um, all of Arnold's work through the Bond franchise. And up until Quantum, anyway, he orchestrated music for him. He called this, um, it was his favorite of all the Arnold works. Orchestra and electronics met perfectly in the middle. Lovely, sweeping, mm. great fun. He praised the programmer and keyboarder um, player Steve Hilton to the roof for his work on the score as well, which is kind of funny. I was thinking like every artist, right? The composer thanks the orchestrator, the orchestrator thanks the, the keyboard player, the keyboard player thanks the technician, like the technician thanks his mom for putting the breakfast on the table. Like, everybody's got somebody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's just kind of neat. I like that. I did like that. Mm -hmm. um, in an, in an effort to reverse their fortune with American music audiences who did not really take to the Tina Turner or Sheryl Crow songs, MGM ramped up its promotion and struck a deal with MTV, who aired 100 hours of Bond-related programming on its channels in USA, Europe, Asia, and Latin America. Denise Richards hosted several of these pieces, which made sense based on her market Probably audience, helped with... Yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> Yeah, but and you can get some of that stuff on YouTube, by the way. Um, just a couple of wee promos. It's quite neat to look at. Um, but then there's the garbage music video. Uh, yeah, I mean you can take whew, you can take garbage any way you want. This is a weird video. I it looked is a at weird I, video. it was weird when I was a kid. It's weird. I'm an adult. I don't know, Jeff. <laughs> you're you're giving me a look, Jeff. You're giving me a look. No, I no no no. Well, I am giving do you, you a like. Look, but do you like the video? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. All right. It's very late '90s music yeah. video is. That's like, yeah. what is the song? Like, what does this video have to do with the song? Like, well, I don't know. Like, yeah. I think music videos, like, they ask someone to make <laughs> it for them, and they're like, "Yeah, just do what you got to do," and just, it all fit together in the end somehow. Something. Well, Shirley Manson played an android who was sent to cleanse the world of evil, and the android cleansed <laughs> garbage when they were performing on stage. Like, that's the video as that's, far as I can figure it out. Yeah. It's pretty funny, too, because she ended up playing, like, a Terminator on that uh, yeah, Terminator that's right. series. In, that's right. Terminator right. the Sarah yeah. Connor Chronicles. That's right. Yeah. You're right. That's right. That was a good I, I guess that was uh, Chekhov <laughs> Terminator. I don't know. There you go. Now, guys, I don't know, Jeff and Josh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the um, the Ivor Novello Awards, but over here in the UK, certainly Chris and myself would, would know a lot about them, which honors excellence yeah. in music and composition. And Arnold won uh, one of those prestigious awards for his oh. score to The World Is Not Enough. But um, 
it, it, I did it, not. It's a bit of a mystery to me, Chris. I don't know how you feel generally about orchestrations and orchestrators for composer work in, in movies, but it seems to me more of a team effort when you're writing the music, but someone else is writing it for orchestra. And that, yeah, I always so, find it a little bit tricky to, cre- not to credit, but to fully applaud the singular when there's obviously absolutely. a team behind yeah. that, you know? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's a unit, isn't it? It is. And Arnold yeah. used Nick Dodds for all of his scores for the Bond yeah. films. And yeah, no, while that doesn't that, take definitely. away from his creative genius, I mean, some of the scores appeal isn't his to thank for or isn't his yeah to, yeah know, absolutely credit yeah. i don't know anyway he won he won the award and yeah we know he's he's a great composer but i think you're gonna have to convince me a little bit on the greatness of this music guys so i'm really looking forward to it it's time for our track by track mm. highlights whatever you want chris we're, we're gonna start with you man so why don't we go to that title track and you give us your thoughts on it buddy do you know what as as a title track i was thinking about this today and i was thinking it was the last classic Bondian feeling song before Skyfall because yes. you, you've got you know you've got Dine of the Day you've got You Know My Name which really it, it, I absolutely love it but it's not it doesn't tick the Bondian box it was different for the time then you've got yes. Another Way to Die which is just way different so I think sometimes it's I think personally I think it's a little bit underrated I think it's really Bondian love the chorus love mm-hmm. the love the mm-hmm. little jangly guitar in the background strings are lovely feels very Bondian but will agree that I do feel like the title of the of the of the film has been shoehorned in and the lyrics mm-hmm. are a bit jarring think as a song i like it i really yeah. like it yeah. yeah you like manson's vocals i mean do you, you yeah. think that she could also put out another good bond score like oh, sorry another bond title you, i mean she's big enough isn't she to do that her sound I yeah mean, it's big enough yeah i think i think with that particular song they nailed it i do and to be honest i i not that not to you know take it apart from the world's not enough but I really like Tomorrow Never Dies. I think uh, the Cheryl Crow tunes are amazing oh, really? as well. Okay. And a lot of people, a lot of people, just like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll take it or leave it. I think those mm-hmm. two tunes are brilliant. I really oh, do. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. yeah. I, I prefer the Surrender track at the end myself. The, yeah, I Katie Lang's I a lot vocal. Of do. Yeah, 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 really yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. but um, cool. Okay, Jeff, what, how you feel about the title song? I know we've probably already touched on it, but. Uh, I liked it. Like, it's grown on me. I mean, I've listened to it quite a few times, just sort of just getting back, like, after I watched uh, the film uh, last week, and i just been listening to the soundtrack. And it it really has kind of grown on me, uh, and I do like it. I was going to say, it's kind of like a 90s kind of sexy slow burn. Uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. and it's got mm-hmm. you know it's got that kind of '90s kind of techno feel to it, but uh, so I do I do like it. I give it a passing grade, but obviously, yeah, I think sort of like we were saying, we've all kind of agreed on at this point is like just throwing in the 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 name of the film, which just feels kind of forced. Uh, yeah. But I give it a passing grade for sure. Josh. I was very passing grade with it when we when we talked about the movie back in 2018. Mm-hmm. But then I remembered too when the movie first came out, and I actually really liked that song more than the previous two Bond songs, even Goldeneye at that time. I've come to really love Goldeneye though after after you know many years afterwards. But uh, I re- I thought it was what it sounded like to me, like the Bond songs that I grew up with. Like it was very retro in that way. So I really appreciated it, and I like garbage. So it, it was a good mix for me at the time. Mm-hmm. And now hearing the song again and hearing it more than once, and I'm kind of warming to it again as I never did, you know, back a couple of years ago. I think it's a good song. I think it's one of the top 
know, I don't know about top ten. Maybe it could be like number eleven, number twelve for me okay. of like so, the great yeah. Bond song list. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's yeah. it's lower down the list for me. Uh, I can't I can't really fault it or blame. You know, I got I got no hate for it. Uh, but it, it in that category of or on that list of so many other great songs, it is a bit. It's a bit quieter on my list. It doesn't really get a lot of repeat play for me, but. I do have an affinity uh, for that theme. I, I like the theme when it's heard in orchestra. Yeah, and mm. yeah, I, I must say, I, I do quite like the, the theme, which works better than the lyrics. So I don't know, probably somewhere yeah. like down the bottom of my list for the Bond songs, but the theme would rank higher. The next time you listen to that tune, if you listen mm. to the brass, that's the bit that I always gravitate towards because it's got mm. like stabby. I absolutely love that. Yeah, and that is very Barry. Like that's Arnold yeah. nodding his cap to Barry. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And there's a lot more brass guys in the next two tracks, which are kind of combined, at least on the 99 release that we're talking about. We'll, we can talk about expansion points after. But the Show Me the Money and Come in 007, yeah. Your Time is Up tracks, this yeah. this is the pre-title sequence, right? Mm. And yeah. you know, Chris, it's fresh in your mind. You did the walking tours. You did the Millennium Dome. Uh, I, I, know that, I know you've seen the sights now and you've walked the walk. Is this a cue that so you also like? Yeah, I did. I'm just looking at my little notes because I, I watched it again this morning. I thought I'd mm-hmm. get a bit of fresh, uh, mm-hmm. fresh mm-hmm. world is not nothing. And I've written, uh, what have I put here? I feel like the strings are telling us that time is running out. This is show me the money. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I think there's some like alarm-esque uh, electronic sounds there. Mm-hmm. I know there's the alarm that actually does go off <laughs> a little bit later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you listen to the, if you actually listen to the score, right. very deep, the sort of alarmy kind of synths in there, which I think is pretty cool. You know, it adds yes. a little bit of. If, if you're listening to it as just a listening to, you know, like a listening experience. It's nice to have that buried in it, I think. Yeah, I, I like it. Yeah, what do you think? Well, I, I do like it. I do have to ask you, though, guys, Chris, everybody, how do you feel about the scratch elements um, when that chase gets, when that chase takes off? Like, do we like it? It, it, it takes me out a little bit. It, and yeah. it's, you know, yeah, it it's does. not that I don't like that type of style. It's just, uh, it takes me out a wee bit and makes it more playful than dramatic. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Mm. Definitely, yeah. But I don't I know. That's Arnold, though, right? That that's a blueprint sort of propeller heads thing. Yeah, yes. yeah. The, that snare drum well, kind of electronic yeah. snare drum. Yeah. It's it's yeah. always the same. It's the same electro. If you listen to a lot of, the, to be fair, not to put put this soundtrack down, but if you listen to the whole soundtrack, any electronic drum placement in the whole thing is pretty much the same, same. beat. It's that. It's always that same thing. Well, I was going to say that's the thing is like it, it I liked it uh, and it kind of gave me like that scratching part kind of took me a bit out. But I also know that that's sort of the at the time, that's kind of what people are looking for, for the scores and this type of film and the genre. So I get it because it's like the now thing, but it just yeah. I just feel like it, it it it's dated, which I mean, it's fine, but I, I just that part kind of 
it takes me out of the song a bit. But overall, I think it is a good track, and I, I do I do like mm. it. But it, but it's those scratching elements and sort of that like late nineties techno that kind of take me out here and there. I mean, obviously they work in in different elements of the of the score as we go as we go along. It is bullshit, and there's yeah. a lot of that sort of wah wah Goldfinger yeah. brass going on yeah. too. Which, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. I get it. Like I get it. Yeah. It belongs in a Bond movie, but I, yeah, yeah. Sure. it kind of feels like with the other stuff, it's just a bit too schizophrenic. Yeah, definitely. Maybe, yeah. maybe a little mm. bit for me. For me, I don't know. Uh, yeah, what tone are they going for? Yeah, it's mm. like uh, decide on a, on a certain mood and then go with that, right? Yeah, Chris, let me defer to you, buddy. Um, musically. With respect to the, the the synth and the electronic bits, like would Arnold likely have recorded those lines? Uh, it, rhythmically, would he have been conceiving those before he puts down the, yeah. the spotting beats or what? Yeah, I would like, think yeah. so. Um, I think okay. probably when they when they were creating the tracks, they usually tend to work to what's called like a you know for like casual listeners. I don't want to come across as a geeky or anything, but mm-hmm. a click. So mm-hmm. they'd set a tempo mm-hmm. and you'd get a click. Yeah, and then what they tend to do is is place a placehold beat there and just work around that initially. Right. So I think I think definitely he would have gone with the view first of thinking this is definitely going to have like an electronic undertone, do you know what I mean? And then built yeah, on that. Yeah. Okay. Because um, yeah. it, it places it firmly in the 90s, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's like, a, it's a winner, isn't it? Yep. If you listen mm-hmm. to other 90s scores, it's a similar, you know, it's a similar, <laughs> yeah. electronic could work, didn't it? Yeah. Similar vibe. It's I... kind of building on like that synth they started, like I think it was really in Tomorrow Never Die yeah. in the Hamburg when he's escaping from like yes. the, the Hamburg facility. Uh, Carver's exactly. facility there. That's when the ele- that's when the I electronic that. really kicked in. A great it piece works. of music. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. but it's sparingly used, right? That's yeah. the whole thing about it. Yeah, exactly. but then I think he just continues with it uh, in Worlds Not Enough, and he goes more into the techno, more into the synth, and that. Yeah, but still, I love this track just because I think there's some great orchestral flourishes. I love the sort of like the the mini theme. Uh, that this whole sequence gets uh, when they're when, when when they're racing on the uh, on the Thames. Yep. Uh, and it, 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 as on film, it works even better with the visuals and the editing too on how mm. it was done with the music. Uh, like each different like moment, like when Bond goes under the Brit underwater yes. and comes back up. He does the Roger Moore. Yeah. He does the Roger Moore adjusting his collar thing. And he comes back up again. Nice. Yeah, that was that's that's a Brosnan and, uh, thing, isn't it? That's Brosnan's like, trademark: the collar thing, the tie in the collar. I think he's aping Roger Moore. I, I think sure I think Josh is. I think too. he's right, but but the adjusting okay. the tie though is a Brosnan thing. But I just feel like sort of how it was how it came off does kind of feel a bit yeah. Roger Moore-ish though. Maybe it, maybe it's Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> no respect. Maybe I get no respect. No, no respect. respect. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, no, you're right, though. Buddy. Um, you're right. But you got to love the use of the Bond theme in there. They got the yeah. Bond guitar in there. Like, it sounds old school. Mm-hmm. And then you got, like, just the, Greek, the, the, the brass flourishes of the theme. Like, it works really well. And I also really like how the music gets really tense when he jumps from the boat to the mooring uh, rope of the uh, of the balloon and how it gets tense there as well. Mm-hmm. So I think on its own, it's a really it's one of the great tracks to listen to on its own of that score in particular. That's not as loud as all, some of the other tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it also works so well with the film. So it's definitely one of my favorite pieces of the soundtrack. Cool, cool. And, and the balloon is I love on on yeah, the, the balloon's balloon. good. Mm-hmm. The, um, That's a great track. Yeah, yeah. The rolling snare yep. as it goes mm-hmm. down. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
yeah. That, was that in yeah, your yeah, head? Yeah, was that bad. in your head when you were doing your climb last uh, couple absolutely. of weeks? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I thought if I'm rolling down here, that's going to be in my head. Yeah, absolutely. That's got to be it. Uh, I was thinking the um, balloon track reminded me of like Mission Impossible. Kind of reminded me of like Danny Elfman yeah. a bit, like a little bit. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There's, see there's that. a bunch of those throughout that. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, totally. So, guys, we move on, and we've got Access Denied, which is uh, at least on the the '99 release. Yep. I've got one thing for the. I've got two things actually for this. It's like electronic plumbing. This this felt a lot like uh, <laughs> a lot like Eric Serra's Goldeneye to me, just a bit quicker paced, drip drop, pitch mm. strings. You know, we've got a lot of the same yeah. things going on here. I do though. I must say, I do like the four note motif that ends. And it's repeated right at the very end of the queue with like the woodwinds taking on a little arabic yep. tilt. And that yeah. Arabic tilt, I, yeah. I, I like that because it's kind yeah, of like, here's nice. where the story's going, here's where yeah, it goes. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly cool. Yes. the note I had. It's nuanced. Yeah. Oh, is that right? It's, it's nice. a small piece of yeah, nuanced. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say the techno feel and the style, like it was just with those. Sorry, uh, with just those double O seven kind of swells, you know. So it's a nice kind of mix in there with the techno. Definitely, yeah. yeah. It's definitely a Bond doing stuff piece, one hundred percent. Like, <laughs> it, it's, it's especially it's a very Pierce Brosnan's Bond mm-hmm. doing spy stuff mm-hmm. kind of piece, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's maybe we should call it out here. That that's something that Arnold does well. Like Barry did his things well, but Arnold does seem to write good music for Pierce Brosnan's Bond doing stuff. I think you're right, Josh. Yes. Like you, you can picture a track and say, "Well, could Roger? That could be Roger Moore doing what? Whatever." Like I don't think Barry really does that in quite the same way that Arnold does it for his central character and i think you're right you're you're onto something he writes good sort of source music for bond action or sorry bond in simple action yeah i think barry what barry did really well was he showed like um foreboding plot elements or suspense sequences very well like i think one of barry's best scored pieces is the gumballed uh mm-hmm. safe scene in uh honor magic secret service i think that's like a that's great superb. mix of berries of, of, of the moog as well as you know the traditional berry uh john berry low strings right similar to like goldfinger when he's dismantling the car at auric enterprises and bond is watching through the slits in the yeah. warehouse like Barry, Barry did that very well. I think Arnold does it very well in a modern context. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we look at 1990, late 1990s is modern, but Aye. anyway. Yeah. I still do, <laughs> damn it. I still do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was only yesterday for me, man. That yeah. was only you yesterday. You do it until you see the queue scene and you see the size of those models. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, that's oh, exactly right. You're like, oh, this is... Like, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I that's am. That would break my you foot live in the... fell on it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Really How many movers that. did you have to did you have to hire to to move that that computer monitor into that room? Right? <laughs> That's exactly. You guys got any chat about M's confession, uh, Jeff, Chris? Um, you guys anything to pull out there? M's confession, I thought was good. I thought no. it was emotional. There is no te- techno that which I felt is that to respect M and she probably wouldn't there is no reason to have any kind of a techno feel when it comes to mm-hmm. M's character. Yeah. So they left that out. Yeah. It almost feels yeah, like classic. And I feel yeah. like that was to confirm the importance of the situation. 
So you, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? yeah. That's, yeah, that point. was my only little nugget. That's all my only thing about that. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, basically, David Arnold probably put a footnote there saying, all right, let Judy Dench yeah. do her thing do her and thing. Uh, let's subtly, you know, let's subtly balance her out there, you know? Yeah, it would have been jarring, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's hard not to like the next track, guys. Welcome to Baku. Particularly, mm. I mean, I'm a listener who likes Wonderful. the travelogue moments. And I think this is a film Wonderful. that struggles actually with those establishing shots. We don't get enough of, for me at least, that sort of grand sweeping yeah. sort of landscape transition. Um, and I really like yeah. this because though it's a short cue, um, yeah. it, it does give me that travelogue feel. No, I like it. There's a bit of, if I remember, there's a bit of classical guitar at the end, I think, isn't there? Yeah. Kind of a yeah. Nice little, nice little riff at the end, which is yeah. quite nice. Yeah, giving it, like you said, the travelogue feel. It was like an Eastern kind of yeah. Central Asian feel, just to sort of just throw that in there. Just, you know, we're not, yeah. we're not in, you know, the other locations that you've seen so far. Exactly. And, you know, it's clever. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little. Yeah, you got, you got like the ethnic vocals, right? Yeah, exactly. The, uh, right there. I guess Azerbaijani-esque vocals. Mm. Uh, then you have the drums, like the tribal drums and the percussion yeah. that they use for that. Uh, also a great use of the theme song m- melody as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a great introduction to like the main story and to Electra and all of that, right? Yeah. Because it leads right into like some local political situation that she's dealing with. And it really helps you establish you know, the story in that sense, which it did strongly in the film. I want to pick up on something you guys said, both Chris and Josh, and I want to credit the uh, the traditional voices here that you're hearing. The uh, There is the guitar at the end. There's also um, that Arabic instrument, the Kwanan. Now, I don't know that. I looked into it. I looked into it, and okay. the player that John Burlingham states here, um, it, the guy who worked on the album is Abdullah Kadeh. I believe that's how I'm pronouncing it. Fantastic. Damascus-born guy. But it's, it's like a okay. the Kanan. The like a piano, not a piano board. What am I saying? Help me out here. God. You take it, you know, you got... So is it strings? String, it's string strings, board. right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's like he's pluck, plucking the horizontal right, plane. Okay. Bit harpy. A bit harpy, so it's, yeah. It's kind of like, like a lap harp. And it's like a steel... <laughs> it's just a lovely, a lovely little instrument. And his wife, Josh, the vocalist Natasha Atlas, Belgian-born with Middle Eastern influences, oh. she sang okay. She sang those, those bits <laughs> at the end. But his name was Abdullah Kadeh. Uh, so you can look him up if you want. That's John Burlingham gave me his name. I like I it. That. Yeah, I like it a lot. I got to get the name of that instrument right though, because Kanan is probably Q A N U N. Kanan. I'm guessing that's that the sounds confused with Quanon. Correct or Quinine, which is in your genitonics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's the dude that does that. Um, how about Casino? Now, Jeff, before we recorded, oh, you said yeah. you liked the source music. I I do too. Uh, Chris, what do you think of the source music here for the casino? There's a couple of tracks that we could talk I, about. I thought Very Diamonds was one of my little short <laughs> hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I thought exactly, Chris, when yeah. I heard it. This yeah. is diamonds yep. are forever. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. There's, there's casino and there's casino jazz, isn't it? And yeah, casino right. jazz. Yeah. Oh, that's. I, I'm not. I'm not a fan. I'm not too. Like not that? too big on that. To be. I think no. it date. I think it's a bit dated a little bit. But the casino, mm-hmm. I loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely loved it. With that red dress. Oh, 
I, yeah. I, I said for the Casino Jazz one, I feel like I what I I literally said like Fraser Crane would love this song. Okay. Uh, yeah, he would. He would. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just as a bit of a digression though, like, yeah, I remember like when I heard that Sophie Marceau was cast for like the new Bond film, I'm like, wow, they could have picked a better Bond girl. Cause I was like, I kind of had a crush on her since like Braveheart. And uh, I was like, that they picked, they picked her. And the fact that she was also a really strong yeah, character, she was strong. Uh, as much as her acting allowed her to, you know, to go above the script, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty cool. And that dress was pretty awesome. And uh, she definitely rocks those bangs. You like yeah. you like the bangs, Josh, yeah. don't you? You do like yeah. the bangs. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. There. It's very Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, you know that Zoe kind Deschanel. of style. Yeah. 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 Well, so, I it. I like it the bangs. Heavy, heavy. I like the bangs, but I like the vibraphone more. And <laughs> yeah. the vibraphone licks in that track. I I really think yeah. that's it. Like yeah. you just. That's good. I just think you guys. Is that what's giving it, it the, the diamonds vibe, Drakken? For me, yeah, I think for me, right. but yeah, I think, I, I think right. so. I think so. But hey, we, we talked about that mallet percussion on diamonds, and uh, yeah, I, it, it works here. It's just, yeah. it's just sad that we don't get more of this, you know, in yeah. in the in the film. But it's not that type of film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for keeping the mission on point, Scott. Because I was definitely veering away from the musical That's okay, part of buddy. the share. So. I've known you long enough yeah. to know uh, to know when to jump in. Let's <laughs> rein uh, in. Let's terrain it. In. <laughs> Let's talk Ice Bandits, guys. Ice Bandits. Ah. This is a, a good, good action do, do, cue. Do. Solid action cue. Do, do, do. Probably for me, anyway, the most Barry sounding of the soundtrack. But mm. I, I don't know. Like, I, I listen. I hear the Living Daylights. Chris, do you hear any of that at the beginning of yeah, this? Yeah, I, I think I did. And there's a my opening line to this as well was that the pro. This is the one tune where the process beats don't jar with the instrumentation. I think Uh, they do actually marry quite nice in this. And is that because they're restricted a little and they're like a little... I think so. A little less off the leash, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. I think it's exactly that. Yeah, um, maybe that's what gives what it else? that daylights feel for me because you know if you think of the ice chase in daylights um, and it's not a track for track comparison but just the way that Barry incorporated the electronics there it was measured yeah. it was measured right <laughs> it feels like John Barry see. written down there you go. Yes. Yeah. so we're on, yeah. we're on the same page verified. Yeah. Yeah. we verified that yep. that's right two people can't be wrong no, definitely not. So, I mean, the melodies are different here. You know, the action itself kind of picks up and does some different things with, with, with the, that orchestrated um, electronic noise. But that's typical for Brosnan. You know, you'd probably predict his action scenes are going to look a little bit like this. Yeah, and definitely. It, it does, though. It grows, guys. It grows in a way for me that kind of gets, like, out of control, almost like, you know, Mars the Planets from Holst, you know, or something <laughs> big and ugly. And, <laughs> yeah. and then it just... That, and I feel like that's, that's, where, that's, where I, that's where I lose my interest. 
that's where I lose my interest mm. with the queue. Uh, it goes from understated and measured and really, really tight to let's just throw it all out there on the plate. Generic. Um, yeah. yeah, generic. But again, I couldn't do it. It uh, just gets a bit no. too big for its braces for me. But I'm not a music critic, really. So I, I like it. Jeff, what about you, buddy? Well, I was going to say this is this track, uh, to me, felt like it was a mid uh, a mid-level like Bond video game score. And and so I wasn't really a fan of like the the canned drum that, but this is one of the ones where I thought it kind of felt like Mission Impossible a bit. Like it felt like, you know, but uh, I definitely felt like this is like about halfway through like a, a Bond video game, and you're getting towards a boss. That's the way I felt when I hear this yeah, track I by can, itself. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's getting where my mind was boss. going with yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, boss boss music. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> we're getting there. That's 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 my take on it if you will i pretty much agree with all your assessments on on that track so a little bit of vibes of bond 77 2 by hamlish mm. like i think there's mm-hmm. some vibes of that in there but barry definitely this the, the simplicity of it is really good and as chris said that marrying is the word he used of like of the synth and the orchestra they don't like overlap each other like they blend well together mm-hmm. up yeah. until where it gets a bit bombastic in the yeah. last part of it mm-hmm. yeah well, what about Electra's theme? Like, he can't, he can't help himself. Oh, that's exciting. Some, some might say that this is, you know, the theme of the film w- with respect to the best character writing. What do you think of this one, Chris? Yeah, I'm just trying to decipher my writing because I, I had my eye on the, on the screen while I was writing. <laughs> oh, you can write without looking? That's impressive. Exactly, yeah. I think it's... Um, here we go, yeah. Um, love it when composers give a solid character theme, lush strings. Mm. Aye. Don't like Brosnan's very audible kissing. That's what I've got on this one. <laughs> yeah, he's a yeah. he's a passionate kisser, that Pierce, isn't he? In these yeah, movies, it's yeah, very wet, it's very full on, very wet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, yeah, absolutely. Can't to really be honest, blame him though. No, but, uh, I, I, I don't know how Sophie felt about that though. Yeah, but, uh, and Renard, Renard's got a theme as well. That little piano it's motif. A, yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's a good little motif. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, I, I like that too. Yeah. Can I ask you, Chris? Very subtle, but it works. Yeah. Just as a dude who knows the casino score really well and a guy who's credited as... Uh, oh, not credited. What am I trying to say? A guy who David Arnold himself is credited for his <laughs> nice cover work. Let's yeah. not forget that. Yes. Um, do you yeah. sense Do you sense any building blocks of the Vesper music in here? 100%. You, there was a, another track. Yeah, 100%. There's another track that I've will probably come to in a bit where I've written... Um, this is Casino Royale. I can't. I can't see where it is now. Oh, right. I'm, so I'm pretty you, sure you it's imagine. an electro scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, cool. I think you're absolutely spot on there. Yeah. This mm. this one would Good transfer point, well to like a guitar treatment or a yep. maybe maybe a yeah. guitar treatment. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. piano treatment. We hear throughout the score. Yeah. But it's a nice it's a nice theme. It's one of the nicer themes for you know a central character in the Bond films that I can remember for a long time. Body double. Ah. Who wants to go first? Very Tomorrow Never Dies. I was going to say, yeah. this one reminds me of like 90s heist music, and I also feel like Orbital could have done this song. Or, <laughs> I, I, but that's not a bad yeah. thing. I, but I'm, no, I'm, not like, at all. Literally, what I'm, what I'm hearing, it, it really does remind me of, 
of orbital, like something they would have done like on the the insides, uh, like oeuvre <laughs> of that that mm-hmm. era. Like uh, I, I actually I did enjoy Body Double for what it was. It's very Tomorrow Never Dies again. Yeah. Middle Eastern guitars, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. So it still had the flavor that you were still in Baku. It was yep. still, I guess, locale-centric uh, in terms there of the story. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. But the electrics here, the electronics, sorry, they're more tinkling than they are loud. And I like that mixture. And of course, it, it, it fits because it needs to be a quieter scene. You're right, Josh. But I think it's uh, Abdullah Kadeh again playing that Kanan that gives it that neat little you know cultural flair with the electronic stuff i think this is a nice little track and it feels like bond doing something in a place local to the film or contemporary with with what we got going on that's as good as any other scoring from you know from the brosnan era really isn't it in terms of the ambiance of stuff i agree with you sneaky great bass Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and there's a there's a part within the film where um, Brosnan's in the boot that lift the thing Brosnan's there you know mm-hmm. and um, that, it. that reminds me of the uh, forgot to knock bit off, off Golden. I think they oh, yeah, it's a very yeah. Brosnan thing isn't it to be it revealed is, yeah. And surprise <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. surprise but yeah. no just, I like the bass yeah the very sneaky bass well Orbital agrees right Joe yes yes <laughs> <laughs> right so here we go guys uh, set piece time going down or in the bunker mm. um, Chris you take us away yeah, I've got David Arnold letting us know we can't relax. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's exactly, yeah. Yeah, very minimalistic, building a bit of tension. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then obviously we, we build on that. I'll tell you what does... Uh, there's something that cringes me a little bit just within this scene, and it's Brosnan's... Um, huh? You know, the the way that the camera just goes right on Brosnan's face when he gives the... Yeah. Huh? I just, I can't. When Renard says, you know, the, the Electra line, right? Oh, exactly. yeah. That was yeah, yeah, so yeah. forced. So yeah. It's just yeah. not nice to look at. It feels so popper. Oh, I mean? yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Did you like it, though? I know you said it's it's Arnold letting us know that we can't relax. Maybe he can't relax. But do you like the, the music? Do you think it, it works well in the scene? Uh, I've put, I think it slots into generic action movie. So yes. that was probably a no. Yeah. Yes. 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 And I made a reference to Gladiator in mine. With Did you? Yeah. Re- yeah. So, and I don't know, I'm not saying that Gladiator is a generic action movie, Josh, before you come down my uh, my head for that one. Uh, but didn't say a word. I'm, <laughs> I know, I didn't. But I'm curious what you thought of it, because if I'm honest, like, I don't like the scene in the movie, and I don't like the music. I feel like the music is pushing way too quick for the action that we see. Like, those mechanisms that he's on... And the running he's doing through the tunnel, I mean, going down and all the fight, it's not a fast scene. It's the not, music it's is like, no. is double timing the action, and I feel yeah. like it's yeah. kind of inconsistent. I think I the know. set piece itself is sort of like, it, the set piece itself to me is kind of just not set up, it's, it's clunky, uh, mm-hmm. in, my, in my opinion. I think it would have been more suspenseful if they imitated about how he had to sneak up and get back there to get her out to help her, like play mm-hmm. on that whole sequence, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. and they kind of have a mirror of that whole situation again inside the That's submarine right. yeah. in a much yeah. better effect, if you ask me. So yeah. again, like this whole sequence, I think could have been shortened. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. I think on the the extended score, the Kazakhstan cue is a lot better, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, does Christmas Jones even have a theme? I don't I, think like, so. No. Mm, 
No, not really. David no. Earl's like no. she's not getting a theme. <laughs> no. But you know, she watching the really. movie, watching the movie, like I don't dislike Den- Denise Richards in this no. movie. Like no. she All did right. what she was supposed to do for the role. The role was written the way that it was, and she's not terrible. No. They give her one or two bad lines about you know. I, I don't speak spy or something like she's on like I don't know some teen drama or something like that you know with the like Dawson's Creek or something but I think it's an outdated thing to to say that someone like Denise Richards couldn't be a, a nuclear expert do you know what I mean I think, mm-hmm. yeah. I think if, mm-hmm. if anyone was going to be now it would mm-hmm. be someone that's mm-hmm. slick just finished yeah. uni on it yeah. it's yeah. not exactly. going to be the balding 70 year old man anymore yeah. it's not going to no. be do you know what yeah. I mean no, you're, no, no, no. It, so, yeah, it's right. definitely true yeah. yeah, I didn't mind her too much. I don't like her in in the movie, but I, 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 guys, we did talk about this when we reviewed the film. I was really pleased to go back and watch it because she is nowhere near the middle of my Bond ladies uh, list. But yeah, she's not. She's not the no. nadir of acting. No, she no. just isn't. But anyway, that that is kind of getting a wee bit away. Sorry. Uh, Anybody else got a comment to make about this big set piece? Because I think, Josh, you're hitting it on the nose, buddy. It's it's almost repeated in the yeah. submarine later, which for me takes takes some of the strength of that scene away that I've already seen it once, or, but I haven't really liked it here. So yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird. Jeff, what, what do you think uh, well, about I, this one? I mean, I personally thought that it did kind of flow with the action a bit. I just found it exciting. And to me, I guess that kind of just sort of kept me with the track, but... I mean, it's not. It's definitely not the best track uh, of the soundtrack. Um, the score. It would be but. a good. It'd be a good piece of music, like in a sh- in a first person shooter game. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like the set piece is just a bit convoluted itself. And as I talked about, we have huge three set pieces. We have this sequence, and then afterwards you have the pipeline sequence, and then you have the caviar factory after that. So mm-hmm. you're already exhausted by the end of this sequence and of this track as well. And then mm-hmm. you're going into another track like just immediately afterwards, right? So mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yes and no. Um, I agree 100% with the Caviar Factory, but the pipeline, oddly, and I, I don't know why, I really like this one. And I think it comes uh, back I, to what Chris was saying about one of the previous ones, maybe the, the, the ski one. I, I just think that there's the right balance here, you know, mm-hmm. to credit Nick Dodd yeah. as well for what he said. Here's the right balance. And it's it's subtle. It grows. The electronics are softer. Um, less suspenseful than in the previous track because they let the strings take over and the strings yeah. do do that drama build up and I like the underscore here it's a different melody than we've had in the past it, it's, it only exists in this particular track but it feels also like this is the quickness that matches the scene whereas the tunnel or sorry the bunker it, the music's too fast for the action that I'm watching and here I feel like I'm spinning through it a works. tunnel the music kind of has a spinny feel it really works yeah mm-hmm. for me yeah. that's a good point it does yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, what I have to say about the set piece itself. I mean, that's that's immaterial to the score, and I think mm-hmm. it, I think it sure. works. I think it was scored quite well for for this for the sequence. It's a solid track. I felt this one again. I kind of felt like I know I've said this previously, but I feel like it, this kind of had some Elfman feel to it, and I thought it was a good sort of marriage mm-hmm. between score and and mm-hmm. little bits of, of of I'm going to use the term techno, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought it it did kind of marriage those two those two feels together fairly well. I give it a passing grade for what it is. Nice. 
Yeah, very very nineties bass. Love the repetition. Mm-hmm. Um, the dr- the percussion feels like seconds ticking, which yeah. is apt. Mm-hmm. When you're yeah, exactly. Good point. Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. So, good point. Yeah, no, I like it. Yeah, I like it. Good. It's, it's. I think it's probably my favorite action cue, and it is. It is that, isn't it? It's just a bit simpler. Um, we spoke off the recording about Caviar Factory. Mm. Uh, what do you think of Caviar Factory? Because because that is a big set piece, and. I don't know, Josh, did you say that you thought that whole thing could come out the film? Just the whole scene, take it out. You can meet up with Valentine some other way. Mm -hmm. I like... The whole thing with the buzzsaw helicopters was ridiculous. Like, yeah. I would have cut that part Me out too. completely. Um, yeah. I mean, I know they wanted to showcase the BMW well, and all yeah. that sort of stuff, and that was kind of uh, cool. I, they wished- I liked it I more, like, <laughs> when he, I liked it more, though, when he was just inside, like, the, the caviar factory, yeah. and he was taking, and he was taking stealthy shots, you know, and holding his ammo. And yeah, then, yeah. And then the guys were, like, popping up and down, you know, yeah. like, that was much, that was better me. <laughs> and to me, though, like, it's just so cringy. That shot of Valentine jumping into the caviar, oh, like yeah. it just seemed like so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like oh, I just, I just didn't feel like a Bond movie to me. You know what I mean? Like it just yeah. felt like I was watching like, I don't know, like uh, one of the Star Wars prequels or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I've got, I've got propeller heads in in brackets here, so it must have been <laughs> my head was on that. But there was mm-hmm. there was a little on the on the turn on the the um, of the BMW when the la- when the headlamps come on, it's like. Nice. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. a bit of that. Mm-hmm. That that mm-hmm. pleased me. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, otherwise, yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't had a lot to say on that one, really. To be honest, I, I it was the loud. The beginning loud. with the Caspian Sea, you know, establishment. Mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. that was kind of mm-hmm. cool. So again, yeah. we're going back to the locales, and I appreciated that. But it gets so loud very quickly. That in the whole sequence of the decommissioning facility is one of my issues with World Is Not Enough as a whole. So mm-hmm. yeah, if yeah. you don't like that, you won't like the. Uh, you won't like the the music probably, and it is loud, buddy. You're right, and yeah. I don't know if it's a zeitgeist that's doing this to me or not. But when I listened to this last night, uh, just finalizing my notes, like there's a step up on the brass, right? Da 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 da, or yeah. something. It, it, yeah. All I can think of is Doctor Evil from Austin <laughs> Powers, and that just okay. sucked me right that's out. <laughs> Really just oh, yeah, that's that, that, the only uh, one that actually yeah. I like this track personally. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah. You go no, no, for it's it. Fine. Tell us. In, in, but maybe, yeah, do but, it. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I thought with that opening, I was like, it kind of almost reminded me of Hans Zimmer. Now, you guys can shoot me in that, but I just thought, sort of, just the way it started off, just the opening, just the brassiness. Uh, but then I thought, like, halfway through, it kind of it kind of changes feel and it goes techno and i'm like is that because then goldie's in the scene is that like a homage to goldie and his style that's what i was like <laughs> good, is that why good it, is that yeah, is that yeah. why it changed gears if you will yeah i don't know i'm just like maybe is that just did. food for thought because that's oh, what i thought goldie. and then i got action no that's a good that's a good observation i like that good observation. <laughs> yeah uh and i just i don't know i thought it was a pretty i i thought it was a pretty strong track like i think it's a fun like it's it's kind of a fruitcake where it's got a lot of little you know moving like it's got a lot of ingredients in it but i thought it kind of it's stuck together, but that's just me. I mean, I'm not trying to be a devil's uh, like I'm not trying to play devil's advocate here, but 
I thought it was a pretty good track. At the same I like, time, I, like I do agree with perspective. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the variety is a spice of life. But I do, exactly. but I do agree with the rest of you guys too. But uh, yeah. But uh, I just thought, like, do you think when it kind of got into that um, that kind of techno, is it is that because of Goldie now being in the in the scene? That's, that's yeah, I, I think that's cool. kind of funny. <laughs> I think you might you might have it. Yeah. Uh, I skipped. I skipped. Yeah, remember boss. pleasure, didn't I? Okay. You Sorry did. about oh, yeah. that. Yeah. Sorry I about actually, that. I like that one. I okay, that was a snooze track for me. I, it's just whatever, forgettable <laughs> atmosphere for me. But that's that, that's just me. Yeah. I can snooze oh, and you can fine. you can listen. I must. Yeah, I must have missed that. I don't think I've even got that one on my notes. To be honest, I thought it was. Um, it's a very got, quick it track. Mix, very. It's a mix of you themes. Get the Electra yeah. Renard mm-hmm. theme. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you kind of it has like you know that romance swell, yeah. But that's exactly. that is gone. Like 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 there's no romance swell anymore. Like there used to be with Electra's theme. Now it's uh, almost yeah. very fatalistic because now the relationship that she's truly a part of has been established, uh-huh. and so it's uh-huh. just like and it's just it's more of an ominous villainous moment than anything. And they they do have that cool or Arnold does use that um, that kind of bass flute or whatever it is at the end that kind of brings the whole sort of. The whole thing kind of wisps away down in the low octaves. I, I do like the the instrument there at the end, but that's the second or third track now that I've liked right at the end, where the little instrument will, <laughs> you know lead something away into another cue. Mm, there's a palette pattern forming here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. What about Torture Queen, Chris? What do you say for that? Works well, and if, yeah. when you yeah. watch that scene, if you listen to the music on each turn of the torture chair. Mm-hmm. Oh, got yeah. intense, ah. nice dark music. Yeah, and yeah, then when spot, she comes yeah, around and has a little chat to him and the talk, yeah. well, I say little chat, yeah, it's it, pretty dark, yeah, isn't it? It lightens <laughs> when they're talking. A little bit. Do you know what I mean? A little bit it's dark, a good yeah. scene. It's a good <laughs> yeah. scene, both in terms of on film and in score too. Yeah. Like it works yeah, really well. It does, and it's it's interesting too because more and more, like you have like Electra's theme, which was very strong in the earlier half of the film. <sighs> Go on. It, it it's very very like almost falling apart, and Renard's theme is taking over. It creeps so it, in. It, it kind of mm-hmm. creeps in throughout mm-hmm. the sequence, right? Like she thought she seduced him, but the more sadistic elements are coming into her, and yeah. I, I don't know. And then it builds so well into the next track too. Like I think I never miss. It's a small track, but I think it's a good track as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. That's that's good observation, buddy. Um, I like. Yeah. And you're right. There's probably something really clever going on here thematically with the music. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah I thought like, it was funny. The tone of the track, like if you just listen to it by itself, I kind of it kind of mm-hmm. actually I feel like it was almost out of like a fantasy film. Like, like, and I mean, like, it's sense of like, like, uh, like a Lord of the Rings, like a uh, fantasy, like you know, uh, something like that. Howard like Shore. This, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. Uh, like it, some of the parts like that. But it, I mean, what it does, I feel, is this track really keeps the listener involved in and sort of really sort of focused in what's going on because obviously it's a very, uh, it's a very interesting uh, scene, is what it is. Um, and it does, and it does kind of meld right into the next track very, uh, very well with the suspense. Those chairs did exist, by the way. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> I yeah, I believe it. The Spanish Inquisition used them um, frequently. <laughs> That's not surprising. And I believe, like, and during like uh, the city states of like uh, Italian Renaissance. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. That's how like they executed uh, pe- people was through those chairs. Oh, that's yeah. pretty labor intensive. 
<laughs> I think it was also the spectacle of it as well. Oh, okay. If they're done publicly, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they weren't all done like, in parlors, were they? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, like went rooms. through no. all that, all that intricate, no. like, te- you know, and then no one sees it. You're like, well, that was kind of a waste of my. Time. Sorry, right, right, guys. We're almost there. Um, submarine, the big, the big uh, set yeah. piece at the end. Chris, take it away. I've, I've put great. Yeah, and and the reason <laughs> yes. being is it's that it is it's a big set piece, and it to is. sort of to dissect it and think of things to it. I was watching yeah. the film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was just I was yeah. a little bit yeah. engrossed. Yeah. In it. I've got to be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> for for sure, man. Well, that's that's good. I mean, that that's one where you don't need the music to be. Yeah, you know, it's it's to, like yeah. it did its thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. this feels like the final level of a video game in this one, <laughs> yeah. which I guess it is. Are right? you sure? Well, yeah. you know, so yeah. boss level. And, and, you know, and it's got that submarine feel. Like I, I literally feel sort of like I said submarine because that's a real word. You know, it's our mm-hmm. podcast, so damn it, I'm going to use that word, and it's going to be a real word. It's going to be, it's going to be trending, anyways. But uh, and then I like how um, the, the Bond theme creeps in, and again, because obviously Bond is a, you know, he is a naval commander, right? So, uh, so I yeah, like that yeah, little, yeah. little, little bit there, and then again, it kind of gets into the Mission Impossible uh, feel too. I feel a bit, but uh, that, that's that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> I really like how. It's both focused and and doing on a really good action piece. Like uh, I love just like when if you if you if you take the film and put the score with it, that sequence where like Bond dives from the maiden's tower in the water, and then immediately they cue in like that martial beat, right? Like the uh, <laughs> it's almost like a march, almost like a bolero yeah. in a way. Yeah, military, yeah. And I, I just love that. And, and it, just, it just fits the scene so well. And I just like how all the way through the action is focused. The orchestra pierces when it should. It does everything that it needs to do. And at the same time, it's also chaotic, which fits the whole situation as well. And I don't know, yeah. like, I just thought it's one of, one of the most best scored action sequences, like, in the film. Uh, you're right. And to me, it's right. one of the best action sequences in the film that doesn't seem like over the top, like you know the the, the decommissioning uh, se- mm-hmm. uh, center and the. Uh, and it's a long there. action sequence, and it's just like it's thorough. And it's, it is, you know, it's yeah. good. But it's there's a lot of stuff going on in there too, right? There's, there's a, lot a lot of, of stuff going parts. on. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff yeah. going on. But you're right, Josh. I I want to pick That's up on your point. point about chaos too, because I'm much more forgiving of the music here as a listener. Yeah. When it grows chaotic, because this scene warrants it and I don't feel like it doesn't match the action I feel like this goes stroke yeah. stroke with the action I, I still don't think it's a great cue to listen to on, on CD or uh, on a its own because experience. Nah, yeah. exactly because of what Chris was saying it, you're so immersed in the scene and when you try to deconstruct yeah. it you see it's made up of so many submerged individual in spots and little bit yeah. submerged in the scene yeah. <laughs> but yeah the swells and the nice. counter swells this is a really good track really really good track I like I like this one and it's a good part of the film and I, I can't yeah. help but wonder, Josh, if you're right when you say that, you know, if that bunker scene had been cut a bit or maybe just renegotiated a little bit, this would have even more impact as a climax because we haven't done those riffs before, you know? 
Yeah, it's such a different ending for a Bond film too. That whole sequence, yeah, it was just because yeah. it was very powerful. Like you have the torture sequence, and then you have Electra's run up the stairs in the Never the Miss soundtrack, and then leading up to this sequence here, it just flows so well. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I feel like you know when you have three huge set pieces in a row that are a lot more bombastic and too loud, and then you have these lovely scenes all tied together, it just goes to show you know the different tones that the movie was going for that just didn't quite gel together. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It really no, points out to some of the point. flaws in the movie, as uh, you know, in, in, in that fashion. That's a very good point. Well, we then come down to earth a little bit in Turkey, don't we? With ah. the Christmas in Turkey, a soft moment, boys, a soft moment. How do we feel about this one, Chris? Love it. I've put mm. pure beauty. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> especially towards the end, and you get a bit of three note motif Bond yeah. theme. Just it's yeah. subtle, mm-hmm. um, and I think the visuals just remind me of Rog. I think it's just such a uh, Roger yeah. moment, it's isn't it? Roger yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a Roger scene. You're absolutely yeah. right. I hadn't, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. You're really yeah, sucking up the Scott now, aren't you? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah it's, it's good. That's good. But, you know, I think, too, because it's a soft moment and, okay, it's got ridiculous lines, right? We know that. I mean, everybody knows the line yep. and everybody uh, talks. But they were trying to think of an innuendo for that, right? But yeah. It's just like they just gave up on it. We're like, Christmas comes twice a year. And I'm like, yeah. that's pretty, like, wow. that's pretty uh, PG. That's pretty PG. Yeah. That's a take it from the grade school joke book. Um, but <sighs> I like I like these soft moments. And this is a lovely little piece of music. And I'm so sad that it only appears this way. And Definitely. Th- at, at this moment. But I think because so much of the, the film is like, bow, bow, bow in your face. This This moment comes along and it's like, it's such a nice breath. It's such a soft little moment that I just want to keep going, you know? Yeah. But whatever. You're and maybe, right. you know, maybe it's Christmas's okay. theme, you know? Go ahead. What's your... Conf- yeah, Christmas, maybe that this could be her theme. I just I think- realized the innuendo in that last line now, too, because Christmas comes twice a year. I just got the innuendo now. Oh, just no. got it? No, you are. I just thought oh. it was just a bad joke about Christmas, but now I just realized <laughs> it. Man. Damn. I- are you wow. kidding? Are you kidding? I'm not. I'm not. I just <laughs> This is Bond history unfolding right here. Oh man. Josh is catching wow. up with the rest of the world right here live. <laughs> oh, pussy galore. I get it. <laughs> it's wow, buddy. I'm surprised brilliant. to hear you say that. Cool. Well, glad glad that we could bring you there. There you go. I, just, I, I, was, I just thought it was a lame line. I, I just thought it was a lame line, and now I just realized it's like basically 1999, and it's just like, just, wow, oh man, wow. Josh, Josh, he heard it first in 1999. He gets it in 2021. That's cool. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Pretty good. Just Pretty a bit, bit of delay, bit of buffer. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, oh, can't even. Man. We can't even like uh, blame the internet connection Brilliant. on that one. Uh, oh, but, uh, can't even blame COVID on that. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, guys, look. Uh, just other than like, I did get that joke, but um, I'm saying it's very pretty, <laughs> and it's and it's got a lot of feels for a short song. That's all I was gonna say. It does. Yeah. For a short really song, does. there's a lot of feels in it, and it's it, it it's nice. Like, like you were saying, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Let's just give some final impressions then. The world's not enough. Chris, this was your choice. Uh, you yeah. knew Docklands was coming up, so you've tied it in yeah. lovely, lovely way here. Is this a score that you're going to spin often? No. 
It's no. it's not. It, I think it. I think it works with the film, and then as a listening experience, personally, I don't think it does. Completely contrasts um, Tomorrow Never Dies, which you can listen to just that, uh, as an album. Whereas this, yes. just, I just think it works with the film. Really, yeah. It's and very do you, same. Do you agree? Do you think that that's because Arnold took what he did with Tomorrow Never Dies and just turned it up? And, and, yeah. and they turned everything a bit quicker, a bit faster, a bit louder. Yeah, and that, I think that'd be yeah. exactly it. Yeah. So if we dialed this one back a bit, we would have more focus on the instrumentation, more focus on the orchestra, maybe, and we'd hear more of what's nice about it. Yeah, definitely. Right. I think I think his mellow and you know romantic themes are still nice. Yes. I think they're really nice. Um, and there's 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 lots to like about it. But mm-hmm. for me personally, it blends into one, and I I knew that because. When we were talking diamonds, I didn't really need to look at my, my notes. I, I kind of mm-hmm. know where. I, whereas when when you're saying oh, it's this theme, it's that theme, it's this. That's that's a good I'm point, like, man. I'm yeah. like, that's a where, where are we yeah. again? Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, it, it yep. blends no, that, into one. That's thing. a great telling time right there. That's yeah. a sign, yeah, isn't it? That, yeah, we got to keep looking at what did I say for this one because yeah, I yeah. listen to it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. A good point, yeah, exactly. It's true. Speaks really your impression of of how the film is received generally. I mean, you, you went to it with the guys from JBR and um, I know your wife was there as well. I mean, yeah. what's the, what was the impression of how this sits as a Bond film with others in a community? Do you know what was really cool? It was, it was a pretty much packed out theatre and um, at the end of the pre-title sequence, the, um, the whole cinema clapped. Oh, which wow. Was, which was pretty cool. That was pretty um, cool. Yeah, yeah, and then there were some other moments where everyone was sort of like, you know, clapping and and, and screaming and like that. So uh-huh. there was a, but I think that does, I think that is assisted by the fact that you've got a hundred other Bond fans in the cinema. With yeah. you know what I mean, it, it's like a Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, kind yes, of thing. just with the yeah. Coast yeah. being exactly. thrown at the screen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was one of those things that was very. Um, everyone was going to clap anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. So, yeah, yeah it was exactly. a nice experience. It was a nice uh-huh. experience, to be fair. I'd recommend doing it. Have you, have you been to see an older Bond film again? I have. In um, this, in no. No, yes. I'd recommend doing it. Yeah, have once. You? Yeah, I did it in, uh, yeah. back in Halifax again when I was living in Nova Scotia. Uh, there was an old cinema that's it's not there anymore but they used to do wednesday night films and well i say it was old it wasn't really that old because it was like 19 it was 2000 the year 2000 when i went and the film we went to see there was the spy who loved me and i remember uh, yeah i remember it because halfway through the projection i was getting it confused with an experience i had in dublin when i was in a cinema we got kicked out there as well but not kicked (laughs) sorry 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 sorry, not kicked out there was the fire the fire alarm went the fire alarm went in both in both up, uh, both things so we had to go outside for 10 minutes but yeah that was uh it was nice i used to do wednesday night films there but it wasn't with like a bond group you know it was just this is the one that's yeah. on the 70s classic film and it was it was nice yeah 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 fun, I, i'd but... recommend doing it yeah definitely um i would do that but i think uh, but i think be although it's quite romantic to watch something in film mm-hmm. it's uh you y- you pay for it a little bit with the quality like, yeah do you know what i mean fair enough yeah yeah yeah, and perhaps a like an, an audience that wasn't quite so keen for it might might not have responded as yeah exactly the same way I, yes probably yes yeah. uh, Josh Jeff how do you guys think the world is not enough is going to last I mean as a film in the Brosnan era or beyond I mean how do, how do you think it's going to survive the next I twenty years I it's really I don't know. I'll be honest with you, I don't know if it's going to hold up too, too well, because even now when we're listening to it 21, 22 years later, 
the it does feel dated. I mean, uh, again, with like we were saying with some of the the score of the score and uh, and the sort of that that type of techno sort of now sound doesn't really translate to a good re-listen. But again, like and and Chris made a good point is that this score though is just not one that you just put on to listen to. Where there's plenty other excellent Bond scores, and you could just you know drop the needle and go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think this. I don't think this will hold up too too well going forward. Like, mm. yeah, I th- I think it'll just be lost. I think it'll be just lost in like David Arnold's other pieces beyond maybe like some of the later Craig the Craig ones that he did and Tomorrow Never Dies. In my opinion, um, uh, to me, like if you talk to casuals, you know, people who aren't Bond fans, even in terms of the films, Brosnan is like, oh, everyone is like, oh, Goldeneye was cool, but I thought his other mm-hmm. films were crap. So hey, that seems to be yeah, the, the synony- people- synonymous. Our argument, yeah. And when we did our when we did our rankings at the end of uh, the season, um, our first season, I, I I chose Brosnan as my second favorite Bond, and I I still think not not because I love his films, but he's so damn consistent. You know, like he is really good. Like his his bad is not that much worse than his best, and he gives <laughs> the same mm-hmm. performance almost. I I mean, there are those awkward moments though. The way he the way he makes out and the way the camera hugs his face <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I, I do agree with that, but. I, I do enjoy watching him. You know, he's handsome. He's good with his action. and Good suits. He's, he, good suits. Well, that's it. Baroni's never hurts, does it? <laughs> well, guys, why don't we uh, Why don't we just, before we finish up today, how about we have a bit of fun? I got a few trivia questions, multiple choice type Ooh. things, and then we, can, then we can sign off and let Chris get on with his day, huh? Sure. <laughs> so, Sounds great to me. Perfect. Want, want to do a little bit of uh, fun stuff here. So I got ten questions, guys. I'll take your scores here. I've got my chart here. No. Just goes up first. We're being scored. Don't worry. It's not like it's not like the close quids. Oh, good. This is where <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna fail completely, guys. No, you're not. No, you're not. A, a no, disclaimer you're not. here. Trivia isn't my thing. You said that the first time around, and you did just fine. Yeah, with our, that's true. Uh, our what ifs. You're asleep. We did our diamonds. We had like... fun with diamonds. Uh, okay. Right. So. David Arnold, guys, was born January 23rd, 1962. Dr. No began filming in Jamaica exactly one week before his birth on the 16th of January. What was the first scene shot? Was it Bond arriving in Jamaica and being snapped by Miss Torso? Miss Taro. (laughs) Sorry, Miss Torso is a different girl. She's in Rear Window by Hitchcock, isn't she? Uh, Was it B, Bond and Honey Rider kissing in the boat? C, Bond and Lighter at Pussfellow's Bar, or D, Strangways playing Bridge? Lock in your answers. So Bond arriving in Jamaica, Bond and Honey kissing in the boat, Bond and Lighter at Pussfellow's Bar, or Strangways playing Bridge? I'm going to go A. You're going A? Okay. Hmm. D. D? Okay, Jeff? I'm going to go to A as well. Letter A, well... Chris and Jeff both get a point because the first scenes in Dr. No were of Bond arriving in Jamaica in the airport. And I remember yeah. reading that one of the first scenes they shot, though, was the sequence where they're playing, uh, where Strangways is playing bridge. No, it's definitely early but, in the film, yeah. Because I know Connery's first scene was the was the airport, airport. sequence. Yes, yeah. Yeah, well, that was the cool first sequence with him. Cool. So, well, I, if this uh, was a math question, Josh would get half points for like explaining how we got to that answer. It's working. That's the answer. <laughs> yeah, <we're explaining laughs> it's yeah. Yeah. That's how I passed. Too bad it's not a math question, though. No, it's not. Uh, yeah. Number two, which other musical Bond alumni also has a January birthday, like David Arnold? Was it? Oof. 
composer John Barry, composer Thomas Newman, composer Sir George Martin, or lyricist Don Black? 25% chance of getting it right. I'm going to lock in C for, uh, for uh, Sir George. Okay, okay. You're going for Jeff. George Martin, with, John Barry, I'll go, Thomas I'll go with Newman, George Martin Black. as well, actually. Yeah. Okay, Josh, with or against the grain? I'll go. I'll go with John Barry against the grain. John Barry against the grain. Chris and Jeff are correct. It is Sir George oh. Martin. Well yes. done, two apiece. Josh, uh, still looking for his first point. Maybe it's coming here. Number three. Despite having a fairly active and lengthy career in film and TV scoring to date. David Arnold has never been nominated for a Golden Globe or an Academy Award for his work in film. He has, however, won both an Emmy and a Grammy. Can you name which projects he won those awards for? And I don't need you to say he won the Grammy for or he won the Emmy for. If you give me one, I'll give you one. If you give me two, I'll give you two. So you got up to two points here. If you can name either his Emmy, his Grammy, or both. I'm going to say Independence Day. Mm-hmm. What's your guess? Okay. Um, That's one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I do a? I can do a second one, can't I? Absolutely. Do we name yeah. the two? There's two. Yeah. I'm gonna, go for it. I'm gonna say um, too fast, too furious. Okay. Good guesses there, Josh. I'll say a Grammy for Independence Day. Okay. And an Emmy for Sherlock. Ooh. Now, oh, Jeff has benefited from hearing those other guests. Uh, it's kind of an unfair uh, multiple choice, but... That's okay. It, yeah. Uh, you uh, might be uh, aware of that. I'm very I mean, aware of that, yes. It's just for fun. I don't even know. I mean, I'll... I'll Josh is... I'm going to go with um, the Sherlock one for the Emmy, but uh, I okay. guess I'll jump on the bandwagon for Independence Day. But I don't even think my answer should count because I, I don't know, so I'm, unfortunately I'm... I will give you one point then for your honesty because okay. we got Sherlock. And okay. the Thanks, Independence Josh. Day <laughs> is also correct. So I've added up your scores there. Chris, well done. Independence Day Jeez. is right. And Sherlock is Good right. Job, so guys. Josh, you're back in the game, buddy. Back Woo! in the game. Nicely done. Number four. Yeah. Uh, there's only 10. Don't worry. Uh, the World is Not Enough earned a healthy $350 million worldwide, but surprisingly was only the 14th best grossing film of that year, 1999. Mm. What was number one? Now I can give you multiple choice oh, if you want. Uh, okay. But I'm looking Ooh, for I the top grossing it. film in ninety one or ninety nine. Okay. I think I know it. You know. Yeah, I think I know. So, okay, cool. Yeah. Let's see if we can use that chat function so that I'm not sure. giving away points. I've never used it before, so this is uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. this is new for me. Okay. Oh, I see. It's actually quite easy. Oh, pick? that's a good Chris one. This is up. Oh, this is up. Yep, Chris is in. The question, Josh, is what's the top-earning film of 1999? I can give you some options if you want, because there's a lot. Josh is just on the IMDb. He's like, fuck all this chat. I'm just going straight through. Oh, no, that's a good all. one. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Ooh, that is a good one. <laughs> I don't know. I still hey, Josh, think, you got I think, you got, I think you got the best one. Right. Um, I'm sorry. It's uh, not the Phantom Menaqua. It's the uh, Phantom Minutes. So oh, come on. To right. <laughs> What's the... And Josh. Menaqua. That's not... <laughs> no, Josh. Of course you get your point, buddy. You get your point as well. Yeah, good job. Good I don't job. know what happened there. 
Yeah. I was going to give you I was going to give you the multiple choice. I, I was going to offer you the Sixth Sense and the Blair Witch Project, which were both big big oh, movies yeah, at the yeah. time too. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I saw but all no, those. Of yeah. course, it's Star Wars. Of course, it's Star Wars. Number 5, guys. The World is Not Enough is the fifth Bond song co-written by Don Black. Name up to four other songs he collaborated oh. on. One point for each correct answer. Oh. You can put them in the chat if you want or yeah, it's probably the best thing to do. So I'm looking for four other songs that Don Black wrote from the Bond franchise. You can get up to four marks here. This is, this is not my wheelhouse. <laughs> ooh. Uh, ooh. I gotta be good here. Oh, look at Chris. He's in right away. I can't think I'm, I'm trying to think. I will, that. I will abstain because I, I don't know and I don't want to just grab the answers that are in the chat there. So I'll That's be, very so. honest. Yeah. Take surprising. a goose egg. Okay. I'll put three. Those are the only ones that, that I know that he did. So. Okay. Okay. Right. You're correct. Chris gets them all. He's got all four of them there. Wow. Oh, oh, man with the golden gun, Thunderball, Diamonds Are Forever, wow. and The World Is Not Enough. Oh, yeah. that's oh man. Cheers. Good work indeed. Wow. And Josh gets his Goldfinger, but then like, impressive. no, that was Leslie Brookhus who did that, right? Brooks did, did uh, Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Goldfinger, yeah. yeah. Okay, number six, guys. Um, which Bond dignitary is honored in The World Is Not Enough with a portrait hanging in MI6 Scotland headquarters? This is visible in the scene where Bond and M talk. Is it A, Desmond Llewelland, B, Jeffrey Keane, who played the Minister of Defense, C, Bernard Lee played M or D, Ian Fleming. A, B, C, or D? I'm going to be honest and say neither. Okay. But uh, I wasn't paying attention. So, well, (laughs) let's just go for M, because that's the correct answer. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with Bernard Lee. How about from now on what I do? I've got a a great idea here. Bernard Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Bernard Lee. Nothing wrong with that. No, uh, okay, number again. seven, almost there. Which Tim Burton movie, also released on the 19th of November 1999 in North America, competed with The World Is Not Enough for opening box office? Was it A, Big Fish, B, Sweeney Todd, C, Sleepy Hollow, or D, Batman? Oh, we've got two, three in for... Three in for C. You're all correct. It's Sleepy Hollow. Yes, indeed. I just know that's. Good I thought you were that. going to say what Bond, what Bond villain actor appeared in that film as well. I could. No, I didn't do that. No, that's Christopher Lee, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I forgot. Chris Lee was in that. that. Yeah. That's a good he one, was like Josh. The, well done. The uh, judge in the court at the beginning. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. Number eight. Because he's true. the one that sends Ichabod Crane. Yeah. Is he? Is he the court judge at the beginning? I at thought the he was the, yeah. one of the one of the corpses. No, you're right. You're right, dude. Gee whiz. i got to watch that again one of these days soon. Yeah. Ian anyway. McDermott is also in that movie, too. I think he uh, did the Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The Emperor, dude. Yeah. yeah. All right. Number Couple eight, teams. guys. Number eight. Mm-hmm. True or false? In 2000, Denise Richards was awarded a Worst Supporting Actress Razzie for her role as Christmas Jones. Uh-huh. Now, the question, emphasis on awarded. In 2000, did she win a Razzie? True or false? Uh, 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 Chris says false. Okay. Um, e, I want to say. I, I, 
Josh says false. You're all saying false. Well, it's actually true. She did. Oh, is that for get a razz that or for for that? Yeah. Oh, what's for that? World no, Christmas for wild Jones. things? Because that's why no. I was thinking wild things, but wild no. things was before this, so that's why I thought it made yeah, you're right. wild things. That's no, my, that, no that was points my... or prizes there. Number nine. In the pre-title sequence, Bond pursues Cigar Girl across and along the Thames from MI6 headquarters near Vauxhall Bridge to the Millennium Dome at Docklands Greenwich. This is about nine miles along the river, give or take, oh. okay? I didn't step it out. About nine miles. Chris, you were there recently. You know, buddy. You know. <laughs> oh, God. Approximately. So <laughs> well, he might. Who knows? Approximately how long... How long would it take you to walk oh. the same route along the river, assuming you're moving at a leisurely pace? Okay. Which way so is the wind is it blowing? <laughs> east. Is it A, about two hours? B, about four hours? C, about six hours? Or D, about ten hours? <laughs> if I'm wearing Crocs, uh, it's going to take three days. <laughs> <laughs> two hours four hours six hours or ten hours what do you think i know this is a stupid question but i thought no, i would challenge question. you because you're down there you were down there so you remember <laughs> did you stop and obviously talk wasn't paying attention <laughs> yeah we did two hours four hours six hours or ten hours okay i've got some answers here you're all saying about oh no you're not yeah you're all saying about six hours it's actually about four hours is what they're saying when I did the Strava measurement. If you take that route, about four hours and okay. nine minutes is what I was given. But uh, I guess six if you stop for a drink. So how about I yeah. give you a half mark? I'll give you a half mark. So everybody stop gets for two, mark. it's going to be like <laughs> 19 hours. Everybody gets a half right. mark. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But average, based on the average walking speed, uh, about three miles an hour for an adult. Last question, guys. The subplot of M's kidnapping is borrowed from the Kingsley Amos Bond novel Colonel Sun, published in 1968, which Josh and I just did a review on recently. <laughs> Who recommended this subplot be added to the plot of The World Is Not Enough? Was it A. Barbara Broccoli, B. Dame Judi Dench, C. Michael Apted, or D. Sophie Marceau? Which of those A, B, C, or D? Broccoli, Judi Dench, Michael Apted, or Sophie Marceau? Okay, we've got an answer in for Broccoli, an answer in for Broccoli, an answer in for Broccoli. It was actually Michael Apted. Oh, okay. That was <laughs> so there you go. My second guess. Son of a dick. Yeah, it was Mike. Yeah, sorry, guys. Well, let's just total up the scores here now. There's so much riding on this, I can't even begin to tell you. Uh, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, oh, six, no. seven, eight, nine, ten. You can cut the ten. Ten and a half. Mm-hmm. Ten and a half for Chris. Uh, Josh has got... Nine and a half, and Ooh. Jeff has got six. Four? Yeah, six. Eight. And a half. Six and a half. So, Chris, you're the guest, but Ooh. you're also the winner of, of this, most ultimate, this most ultimate quiz. <laughs> Great quiz was, as well. Uh, Loved it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah wasn't it thank just, you very much. Because you won. Keeps, yeah. keeps the time <laughs> yeah, going. Yeah, exactly, because I never win anything. <laughs> That's right. That's well, a look, factor. Uh, yeah. I like play you it start, down now, and then when it, when it, when the zooms, then I'll be like, "Come on!" That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you started out by saying that um, you're not a trivia guy, but you you beat uh, you beat the two of them. So well done, yeah. sir. Cool. Thank Listen, you buddy. Much. Just before we say goodbye and let you get back to your day, thank you very much for joining us with this one. It, it was a different yeah. sort of experiment this time around. Yeah, with the it. world is not enough. Quite, yeah, loved it.
And it's nice yeah, to, it would... to talk about a, a score that we're not all gushing about at the same time. Mm. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah it, it gets the brain cells going. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, buddy, we know you got some great stuff in the pipeline coming up. Um, we know from last time we chatted that you're still working away, doing maybe some work with the JBR guys on some tunes, some covers. Yeah. But <clears throat> the wonderful Warren from Q the Music's also been in touch, and you're going to do some work with them, aren't you? Yeah, so I'm going to play City of Lovers live with the band because uh, they're doing a farewell tour yeah. um, in um, Bradford is where we're going for that one. And it's, awesome. um, I, forget, I forget the actual day, but it's in December time. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, we're just, just, just one song, City of Lovers with all of that behind me. So I'm, I, honestly, I'm really excited. Awesome. It's dream come true oh, for me. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, 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 man, that's fantastic. I can't wait. It's well-deserved. It's well-deserved. Oh, thank you very much. It's going to be so, so great to have that backing with you. And also to have, I mean, I I could just think of um, just the response, you know. It's such a beautiful tune. It's it's a no-brainer. And it's also one of these things that you're, you're so... You're so inducted into it, you know. You know it so well. You've recorded it. It's just going to be a pleasure, I hope, for you to just get up there and wait. get in the zone. Mm. Yeah, and, and massive thanks to Warren because he's given me the opportunity. That it's something you dream about when you're not a proper musician like me, and you just play a bit of guitar. You dream about playing with mm. the proper musicians. So for Warren yes. to come along and say, you know, you can come and play for a song, and and to be fair to Warren, he asked me to send over the sort of the notes that I had written for my guitar version. And he mm-hmm. scored a brand new orchestration around. Oh, wow. My, yeah, so That's he's... Awesome. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, super cool. And oh, it's just, wow. it, you know, it's just a dream come true. He's doing me a huge, wow. huge favour there. So fantastic. I can't wait. And a, and a huge compliment too. And I think you okay, do yourself yeah. a disservice when you say that you're not as great a, no, musician, a as, musician as you think you are. You I, I can't <laughs> wait. It's going to be good fun. Yeah. That's so good cool, fun. man. That's awesome. Thank Congratulations. you. And, and very, I think he said he'll professionally record it as well. So he's going to put it on YouTube, so... Oh, uh, super. that'll be nice. I've got we'll it We'll be uh, pulling yeah. that up right away. Oh, thank yeah. you very Absolutely. much, guys. Thank you. We'll yeah. get you back in the new year and you can tell us all about that experience. Yeah, that, love to. Yeah, love to. that is awesome. We should uh, tackle No Time to Die, I think, the Ooh. next time. I think that would be uh, yeah. the yeah, It'd be nice to get scenario. your thoughts on that. And yeah. it would be yeah, relevant be cool. because it'll eventually be out, I think, at that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it'll be out there in Canada then. Chris, how's the charity work going, buddy, with Charity Rocks Wales? How's that going? I think just because of the change of job, I haven't been able to do anything with it really, to be completely right. honest. So yeah. just 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 working hard, trying to get this qualification. But then when all that's yeah. done, get back on sure. it. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Of course, yeah. So look, dude, we really appreciate your time. And it's, no, it's thank been a lot you. of fun. It's been a lot it's of fun. pleasure. Where yeah. can people find your stuff, man? Um, Instagram is the best place to be. Yeah, so just Bond on Vinyl. Yeah, everything I put on is just on there. So um, awesome. happy happy to uh, to talk about the music. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been a lot of fun, and I'm, I know I speak for Jeff and Josh when I thank you once again for coming on, yeah. and wish you all the best for, for the season ahead. And yeah, when that December date comes around, man, it's yeah. so proud of your <laughs> yeah. effort there. Yeah. Really, really well thank done. Thank you. Thank you, and thanks for from day one being nice and helping me and supporting it, and so appreciate it a lot. Oh, oh, look, you're welcome. We look forward to more of your covers, too, uh, you know, yeah. Any, yeah, anything absolutely. you got going. Yeah. yeah, I need to get that sorted. Yeah, I'll definitely get on that yeah. as soon as this is boxed. Any off. requests? <laughs> Throw them in. Throw them in. Well, yeah, I'll give actually, them a go. Josh, speaking of requests, um, 
Last time you were on the show, Chris, you told us about uh, Fat Harry's bar band or Fat Harry's. Oh yeah, uh, that's right. Oh yeah, that's Fat Harry's Zoom, right? Yeah, well done, remember? Yeah, give us one. Give us one now that we that we can enjoy. What are you listening to now as you wash the dishes? (laughs) What have you got going on? My my terrible music playlist is my shower playlist. Yeah, so (laughs) and that's where like Fat Larry's band lives. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) let's hop into the shower playlist. It doesn't go anywhere other than the shower. Right here we go. Okay. Let's see what we got. So, shower playlist. Let's see if you know any of these. Everyone's a winner. Hot chocolate. Have you ever heard that oh, one? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like that got one. A, Heaven Must Be Missing an Angel by Tavares. Oh, no, I don't have that <laughs> one. Got, no, you won't no, have I've... these. Um, <laughs> Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Classic. I've got Easy Lover, Phil Collins and Phil Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, man. I love that um, song. Oh, Back in Time, awesome. Huey Lewis in the News. Oh, yeah. Back in Time, oh, for sure. Do I know oh, that yeah. one? I don't know that Huey Lewis. Get oh, come on, you don't know that one. Back, Back in, in Time? time. Mar- Marty McFly? Nice, yeah. nicely done. Well, I, that was like, I got I to gotta place it. I'm going away to place that one. Right? Yeah. yeah. Go watch Back to the Future again, man. I, will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. It's a great I, yeah, power so. of love. Well, no, they're both. Yeah, that, well, I mean, yeah, they're, they're both there. Okay, the credits, right? Yeah. Remember, he, yeah, he's I think also, that would be my my pearl of wisdom then. Back in time. All right, then. all right. Yeah, no, Thank uh, you. Uh, <laughs> man. Huh? Good one nice. to end with. Well, listen, everybody. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining us along the ride here with uh, with our special guest, Chris, uh, Jeff, Josh. Any any last words before we sign off? Great to have you on here, Chris. Uh, this Thank was you. A blast. Yeah. And look forward to uh, hearing your show like 100%. I can't wait to uh, see how that goes for you. And I think it might even go better than, you know. Hopefully. Uh, despite your humility, you know, that you displayed here, <laughs> I think you're going to be awesome. Oh, oh thank you very much. Cheers, Josh. You're welcome. It, yeah. It, and for me, I was going to say this is uh, probably the episode I've been waiting for the most since our last one. We had such a good time with Chris. So this has been a real treat to have you back. Oh, cool. Uh, Thanks, And uh, it's really, it's nice to hear that you have some nice projects coming up and, uh, and you know, with Keith Music. So it's been a pleasure and uh, it's been a lot of fun. So just keep Thank well you. and let's go from there. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, guys. Take care. All the best. All right. Cheers.